Hi, this is Doc Shaner, artist for Strange Adventures, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> I like that one. I thought that one was very strong. Good. Okay. You have a mirror that you practice in front of? All the time. That was that one. <laughs> it's weird. Gotta always have it ready. Gotta make it's, sure you don't. It's true. From this angle to this angle. It's hard work, man. I'm intrigued about this last Ronin ash can. Like, I didn't even know that that thing existed. Oh, I yeah. didn't either. I didn't either. But but it makes sense because, dude, you, you remember when you were doing the triple spot for yeah. the sponsorship, we mentioned Andy. You mentioned Andy Kuhn every time. Well, that was yep. one of the and reasons the why I was a little turgid. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and I get the first issue and I'm like, I don't see Andy anywhere in here. Right. And then Flippa's like, here's the ash can. And the art, you know, the layouts, the the direction of the book was the same it's just the camera angles are a little different and 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 that's great it's a yeah. story but i'm like i'm like this is I, I mean it's interesting to see what could have been but yeah i wonder what happened if i mean i hope andy's all right i haven't i haven't not not a thing about it i don't i haven't seen him on facebook but um that just because my algorithm's all fucked up so i don't see shit i'm supposed to see anyway the final version was better than the ash can it See, was. Now, Come on, the layouts were much better. Well, I didn't, I didn't. I just saw a couple of things that 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 Flip posted in the Slack. I didn't. Yeah. Looking for anything. Um, are Ashcans? But see, I never. I still think of Ashcans from back in the Heroes Illustrated days. Like, are, are Ashcans like <laughs> smaller versions of of? Yeah. Of, I always thought Ashcans were just like you know these are Xerox copies of you know this is basically this is the prototype. This is what we're planning to do. I never thought that I, I didn't think that you know fully finished books are, are considered ash cans. I right. I, well, you can blame that on Wizard and fucking Hero. I'm when just, when you put foil on an ash can cover, I think you've uh, you've kind of you've you've perverted the ash can a, just a little bit, just a little bit. Right. So I mean, for you to say the final product looks better, you're just basing it on the images you see of an ash can, which might not be the completely finished or is it the finished product to you do you do you see the i'm just going by i don't really care either way i'm going by what's what's printed right there i'm putting those two yeah no, those, I, I would agree with that yeah well the one thing we all can agree on and this is 11 o'clock comics episode 706 and i'm vince p oh thank god i am david a price Wow, awfully full of yourself tonight. Thank God for yourself. Seriously, uh, damn, I mean, shit. Uh, well, of course, everybody knows me. I'm Johnny Rose. No, you're not Johnny Rose. You're Jason Wood. Everybody, I got no segue at all. Let's just throw it out there. DCBService.com. Mm, that's disgusting. DCBService.com. Get your books, get them fast, get delivered straight to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. The list has been tweaked. A bit. I'm not going to say which one is gone, but one is missing and one has been inserted into its place from Ahoy. It is the wrong earth, night and day number one from writer Tom Payer with the awesome artistic team of Jamal Eigel and Juan Castro. This is the one, two, three, fourth miniseries? The wrong no. earth? Third? It's, it was it's the third because it was the wrong earth and then dragonfly slash dragonfly man and now this okay so it's the third in the wrong earth cycle 
uh, from the original team uh, that brought the second us. Second from the original team, but yes. Yeah. Uh, third? $3.99 cover price, you can have it for $2.19. That's 45% off the cover price. And from the University Press of Mississippi, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I, it's the Mysterious Travelers. Steve Ditko on the search for new liberal identity. Who wrote this thing? Zach Crusay, our buddy. It is a, uh, you got a special thing going on here from DCBService.com where you get a free signed book plate and it's massively discounted. The original price is $30. You're laughing right now because you're going to get 30% off that. You're only going to pay $21. It's awesome. And you've heard Zach here a million times. You know his uh, head screwed on very tight. He knows his Ditko, and we can assume that this is going to be an awesome read. Third, and lastly, from Image, I have never coveted one of Jason's original art pieces more than his recent Brandon Graham acquisition. Uh, This is Rain Like Hammers, number one of five. From said Brandon Graham, the cover price is $4.99, but they're... uh, upscale issues i think the page count is 52 or 60 pages right yep yep and uh you're gonna get it for two dollars and 49 cents that's 50 percent off boys pants at dcbservice.com they don't mind late orders or order additions and you get your books delivered right to the front door of your home taco bell is more difficult so do it dcbservice.com yeah yeah. I love that you just gave me the love on that on that oh wait, look at you. Well, right? come on. I I mean it's awesome. It's an amazing piece. I don't need, I don't is. care what the subject is. It's just a really nice piece. And to show what ad, ad adoration I have for Brandon's artwork, uh, as you guys know I'm I'm generally pretty specific about what I want an artist to draw. Yeah. But uh I gave him uh, pretty much artist choice. Like I gave him some themes that I said, Whatever you decide to do, I'll be happy with. So I think that was a very smart move on your part. Well, I figured he, he rarely does commissions, and, and if I was going to be fortunate enough to, to get on his list, I really wanted it to be a scene, you know, like a like a story, which is how he does it. Because you, you both know, I mean, but for our listeners who aren't familiar with Brandon's work, um, his, his cartooning, it's one of the defining parts of it is it, are, the, are the, the sight gags and the in-jokes and the little... The little doodles and, right. and, and tails that he adds to to the to the fringes and the margins of the pages, and um, it just wouldn't have been right to have a, a, a commission where it's basically just a pinup, right? So, right. Well, I, you know, I I don't think it would have been very smart to micromanage a Brandon Graham totally, piece yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because no, well, you, are you a member of his uh, his email list? Yes. I think he just takes the blog posts and just shunts them out as an email list. But anyway. Um, he's very intelligent. He's very, uh, learned in the art of sequential storytelling. He has, he has opinions (laughs) and I don't think I would step on his toes if I was paying him to do something. I'd be like, okay, maestro, play me a tune. You pick it and we're good because I don't know, speaking personally, if, if I'm going to, if I have an idea for something and someone says, no, 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 I want 
Kermit the Frog. I don't want Elmo. I'd be like, eh, you know what? But I really think Kermit's going to work in this 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 situation. Nah, nah. Uh, I want Elmo. It's like, okay, you get your fucking Elmo. There you go. Damn straight. But yeah, it came out really great. Shout out to Brandon and shout out to uh, Cam at Inky Knuckles who reps him now and arranged that. Uh, and God, I wish I had known we were going to talk about this because I w- I should shout out Brandon's girlfriend who. Is an, is a has been listening to our show since the very beginning, back in two thousand and eight. So that's pretty cool. Kirby, bless her. Right? Yeah. Also, you think you think we'll get sued? To, oh, you think we'll get sued for mental harassment? <laughs> I mean, if you've been listening from the beginning, that's a lot of punishment. Nah, dude, come on. I'm just saying. Show yourself some love. Oh, I was showing Self- me. Yeah. Okay. Self care, Vince. This is an <laughs> era of self care. Nice. I was just going to say a uh, quick shout out and uh, and and bless up to uh, to to our EOC listener family member Craig Lance. Uh, many of you probably know him as one of uh, Caleb's co-hosts on Southern Fried Geekery. Uh, that's how we got to know him. But uh, he had a little health scare today, but all is well. He's going to be just fine. So awesome! Just wanted awesome. to raise my glass to uh, him because I actually just sent him a text and he hit me back saying he's feeling great and. Uh, d- 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 the, the the scare is averted. So sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm raising my glass too. Then nice. What you, what, what, is, what what is in said glass? So, uh, see, I just so we're all on the same page. It, it's official now. The drink roll call is back. Because I don't want to this every week. I know. I, well, I he didn't answer me last is, week. Is how one is how one defines your own perceptions. It either is or it is not, or it is both at the same time. That's Maybe not it's the Schrodinger's drink. No, Who knows? We don't know, dude. No, but, it's not good enough because then we get to this part and we're just like, uh, "Scusa, is it or is it not in the box?" I want to no, know. You're, if it, you're like that. I want to know that, if it's in the box. We're ready to go. We're raising our glasses. We're so just... therefore, you're just not saying it. You're not verbalizing it, but it is in the box. It's in the box. It's it. Yeah. So it's, it's a thing now. Yeah. It's back. Okay. It's back. All right. I'm drinking water. Oh, <laughs> now see, it's not back. See? No, that's fitting. It is back. <sighs> I right, can't. Well, I can't go anywhere to get anything. So I mean, no, that's true. That's yeah, true. that's true. Uh, I'm drinking some uh, some Coppola Cabernet Sauvignon. Sweet. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Um, I'm 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 double fisting again today. I um, in the glass, I have some uh, High West double rye whiskey, um, and in this bottle. I have aged in bourbon barrels, Kentucky, again from from the the same people who make the um who made the beer I had last time with the higher alcohol content. This is only five five uh five point five percent. This is Kentucky vanilla barrel cream ale. And I like it a lot. It's not I mean it's not like a straight up cream soda, but it is it's it is nothing um there's nothing wrong with 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 how it goes down because you you guys know I'm not I'm not big on the hops. I don't really care for anything that's um, really too beer like. But this is this is good. I like this a lot. And I'll I'll open it for Vince so you can get the sound effect. Oh, the ambiance on that was perfect. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I can't have the sweet. 
So you enjoy that? It's really, no, it's and that's the thing. It's not it, it it's not like it's sweet. Like I said, it's it, it's not like I'm sipping on a a C and C cream soda or or a Dr Pepper or anything like that. It's just there. It's there, but it's not it's not in your face. It's not. I don't think you would. Well, maybe you would. If it's I, cream, thinking, I ain't having that either. Cream does not settle well with with the uh, the lactose intolerance. No, it's just it's 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 just it's it's kind of it's kind of on the lighter side of of beers is basically what it is. It's, Strike three. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean like like Miller Light or anything like that. I. But like I said, yes, yes, you probably. It's not it's it's not so beer forward, which is right, what you're I about. You. Obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. why it's right up my alley. Cool. Before we dive into the comics, do you guys uh want to or care to, to briefly discuss the DC news this week? Because I, I know we got a lot of folks wondering yeah. our thoughts. Yeah, because I don't, I didn't, um, I I saw the headlines. I didn't get a chance to to do a deep dive, so I, I would like some uh, some info on it. The uh, I will say they. In in my day job, my line of work, the the easiest way to get your stock to tank is to put out bad news on like a Friday night when everybody's pretty much gone home is ready to chill. You get like triple punished for it. Like you know, if you had said the same bad news on a Monday, you yeah. might get punished. But if you say it on a Friday night, you're going to get really really fucking punished. Uh, and the other thing that's similar to that is when they try and do the the, the bait and switch where they'll throw you a little good news in a press release and you're like ah oh, that's cool and then they like drop bad news on another press release and hope that you don't notice it as much. Um, and that's pretty much what DC did this week. They, they announced uh, the very beginning of the week, which I think we all would agree seemed like really cool news is that they promoted Marie Javins to editor in chief, which would of course make her the first woman to be EIC of either of the big two, which is pretty neat. Yes. But some of you that, that care about these things may remember that she was already co-editor-in-chief after that big round of layoffs a few months ago, along with another woman named Michelle Wells. Well, it's hard out here when you're in a competitive bake-off because Michelle Wells went from co-editor-in-chief to fired, <laughs> and um, and she was part of a very large round of layoffs and bloodletting, um, which continues at Warner broadly, and, and DC's not immune to that. Um and there's a whole list of names some I'm sure people have heard of. Many you probably have not because they're more on the business side. But people within the industry and people in the direct market have all said that it's a it's a colossal list of of of, of important people that have been great for, for the industry and for DC's relationship with the direct market in particular. So much so that um, Heidi McDonald at the Beat, uh, for those of you that don't, uh, don't go to the Beat, should because it's one of the better places to get comics yeah. news. It's uh, com- comicsbeat.com. Um, she she and her team noted when they were talking about this that uh, as far as they know, um, and of course there'll be new people added to the group, but right now the only person left in DC's direct sales and marketing team is a woman named Nancy Spears, and I mean we're and I'm meeting like literally like one person. Um, and listen, maybe it's it's maybe this is classic corporate but bloodletting where. They're cutting costs, and the way you do that, sadly, is you, you get rid of the 40s and the 50-year-olds who are making big salaries, and you promote younger people to the same jobs, and you pay them much less, and they end up doing the jobs well enough that you know the, the engine keeps rolling on. And that could well just that could all that could very well be all that this is, uh, and it sucks for the, the quality people, and it, that's unfortunately one of the the raw side effects of corporate America. Or 
if you wanted to be a little more conspiratorial and be like Vince and put it into a YouTube video with a tinfoil hat, you might say that this is yet another indication of my, as uh, even though I'm not generally conspiratorial, I guess I'm a part of the conspiracy on this one, belief that, that, that if you line all these data points up the last year or so at D.C., further evidence that they either don't care or are continuing to push themselves out of the direct weekly periodical market. Um, and, and, and ultimately we'll, we'll know if that's a correct presumption or not when it happens or it doesn't happen. Right. Like, so I know we know we can prove that one way or the other, but, but, uh, yeah, pr- pretty, pretty tough day. Um, I know a lot of people that, uh, creators, editors, publishers, retailers that I pay attention to or know, uh, in the ethernets, uh, you know, all came out and pretty much said universally, this is, this is disappointing news and, and they're worried about what it means. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to bring us down, but it was what just five, six weeks ago that we were having a similar conversation when DC made the first round of big layoffs. So, you know, it was less. It's not like this was layoffs, and then six, ten months later they they do another round. I mean, it's it's this is now two rounds of layoffs in less than three months. And uh, I don't know, man. It, all I got to say is, talk about cold hearted. You you promote a woman to editor in chief, and then two months later you fire her. Um, and and Michelle Wells before she was made co editor in chief was the creator and head of their young adult division, which which by most accounts has been their biggest success the last few years. It's been doing great. So it's hard out here. Hard out here in, in corporate comics, man. Che- cheers to us not being a part of it. <laughs> it's all, it yeah. is hard. It is hard, you know. So So what do you how can one woman take care of the entire direct market? Precisely. Right. So I mean so let's do a worst case scenario. Okay. DC pulls out of the direct market. Okay. From a, a consumer uh, uh, viewpoint, you could say like, "Ah, oh, it's all right. There's plenty of other comics out there." And in as a consumer, you would be correct. There are plenty of other comics out there. But from a retailer perspective, when you lose that much of your bottom line, yeah, Marvel sells some books. <laughs> we know that, but can Marvel keep the entire direct market afloat just by themselves? I don't know. I think that's uh, that's one of those for whom the bell tolls moments, right? If DC pulls out, yeah, I, I had a few conversations with people that we all know very well that certainly have um, reasonable, reasonably well informed opinions on that stuff. Uh, last round of layoffs and. But I don't feel comfortable saying who or or putting them on the record on that stuff because sure. it wasn't that kind of conversation. But the general consensus was at the time, I don't think they're leaving the direct market, so I'm not worried about it. But if this is them doing that, the industry, the the direct market as it's currently constituted, can't survive. Yeah. Um, not they they you know and again I, I'm I'm not saying that's true. I'm not a retailer, but I'm saying that uh, of the let's say four people that I talked to specifically about that, that I think would know the industry well enough to have a, a, a legitimate thought. All four said, well, I don't think it's happening, but if it is happening, it's a major, major problem. But do you stay in a relationship that's really not working out? Do you well, just, that's the question. Right, is, do you is, just is, stick is around? saying it's not working out? Or, right, that, that's what we don't know, right? Right, because, right. But what, yeah, we, we don't know. We know what DC sells, or at least what they sell to stores, but we don't know their profit margins. We don't know what they spend, right? I mean, we, you know, again, we know 
because we have friends, like we know what certain creators make or what their page rates are or what their deals are because they share them with us. But but we have no right. I have I have no idea if if DC uh, or Marvel are materially profitable, slightly profitable, not profitable. Now we know that before they were gobbled up by these giants, uh, Marvel m- much more recently. We we knew what Marvel looked like because they were public and. Their, their publishing division was wildly profitable. Now, it was a long time ago, though. I mean, meaning, like, ten, 10 years is a long time for comics. So, I, I don't know, man. Like, has the industry changed enough where they wouldn't be profitable now? Maybe. I, I just, I don't really have, I'd be purely pulling something out of my ass. I have no idea how profitable or, or unprofitable they are now. Truth be told, though, um, without the IP farm that Marvel generated for decades, I would argue that their movies would not be billion dollar franchise. It's the ideas, right? It's the it's an, it, it, the actors and the ideas. And those ideas weren't generated by your average Hollywood dudes. Those ideas were generated by the people that were in the trenches over comics for sure. for decades. Right. And yeah. DC is the same way to a certain extent. DC's more reluctant to allow uh not DC but the parent companies more reluctant to allow the guys who walk the walk to do the movies or at least plot the movies and they stick to a more traditional uh hollywood uh uh you know uh, recipe farm but yeah i i don't know i just think to be in a in a in a relationship for this many years that really isn't producing f- the desired results who's to say that if dc pulls does it like pulls out of the direct market everything crashes and burns maybe what comes next will be better yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. Well, I think that's definitely possible. But also, like we said the last time this came up with the last round of layoffs, I, I think there's a big difference. Let's make sure people understand what we're talking about. There's a big difference between saying or worrying that there's risk to the direct market of of, of weekly twenty two to thirty page comics and saying that comics as an industry is in trouble because comics as an industry is not in trouble. I mean, no. The, the no, industry, including Marvel and DC, uh, are selling more than they've ever sold monetarily, like dollar-wise. Um, it's just that the way they sell now is diversified, right? It's it's lots and lots of collected editions. It's digital, and and it's and it's periodical. But but they they the the, the issue right is more that I, I think that it, and again, there's a this is all speculation. Like there may be nothing going on at DC other than they're just cutting costs and bringing in young people who are cheaper. That could be all this is. But if there is something more to it. I don't think you could make the leap that this means they're out of comics. I think that's far from, I think it's just the way they approach it will be different. Maybe it's just all collected editions, you know, and focusing on the book market uh, and and online. Um, Maybe it's a combination of, of you know, digital serialized digital. And then you get the the printed editions. Uh, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to see the day where, where either Marvel or DC stop producing original content with these characters in book form i I just it's just now will the volume change like will we have 80 titles i would imagine not i mean if they're gonna if if they are if if we fast forward three five years from now and and they aren't making month weekly comics anymore then yeah they're probably not putting out 60 to 80 titles anymore uh they're probably focusing on 25 to 30 core titles with those core characters and uh and but maybe that's for the better i mean as a selfishly I've, i've i would love that i would love if marvel and dc Focused. I've had. Did I just? In fact, having just read sixteen chapters of Ten of Swords, I I'm I would be desperate to have Marvel back to putting out one or two X books again. Just let Hickman write two X books a month, and and we're all better for it. Honestly, 
I know it's not going to happen, but I'm saying like I would be much better for it, right? Put one or two great Superman books out, one or two great Batman books, Spider-Man, you know, and then and you're good, right? Right. I can see it going the way of the record industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, I shouldn't we're, say the music, the music industry. What when um, when digital uh, erupted and all the record stores, with a very few exceptions, closed, and your uh, music sections at your Best Buy shrunk to this. You blink now and you miss it. Uh, I could see comic shops doing that. Like the majority of them are probably going to close. You'll have your your stalwarts that'll that'll stay open. Like I have a a, a record store locally that moves a lot of vinyl, right? And mm-hmm. has racks upon racks of, of CDs. Like who's buying them? I don't know. Uh, somebody is, but but they have diversified and they have a, a, a robust T-shirt section. They have a tchotchke section. You know, they're just not music anymore. Like I could right. see I could see um, the comic shops doing that. Uh, some comic shops for the most part it's going to be scorched earth you're going to lose the majority of your 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 stores um it's very sad and i feel for those guys but again there was a lot of stores during the the music bust that that uh went under too and yeah there were tears shed but the world kept spinning and i don't know i don't i don't want to sound callous or cold but in order for the industry to change and it's going to change because we can't stay in one spot forever um you know uh it's gonna hurt (laughs) i think yeah and and let let, let me just reiterate before we wrap this up and i I mean well if dab has any thoughts but but just we're putting the cart way before the horse here i mean the news the news that was really what we're talking about is that there was another major round of layoffs with a lot of very senior and experienced and long tenured DC executives were let go. Uh, that's that's the fact, right? The fact, and, and the fact that there now is the first ever fe- f- single single in charge female um, EIC. Um, and and the only other bit of news, which probably people some people care about, maybe some some don't, but but it is I think relevant to the narrative here is that um, is that the uh, is that Marie reports um, to uh, not to Jim Lee? Um, basically, Jim Lee has been cut out of the of the chain in terms of reporting. So um, she reports to uh, the gentleman who was brought in to basically oversee DC from AT and T. You know, the bean counter. She directly reports to him. So whether that means again, does that mean that? Jim Lee's just going to go and do creative stuff now and draw covers and occasionally draw an issue and, and be an ambassador? Maybe. Does it mean that he's going to work more on the film and TV? Maybe. Does it mean that his role is unchanged, but just on a corporate org chart, she re- she doesn't report to him? That could be, too. I, I, don't, I don't know that. I, that, I just know that, that, that prior the EICs or the, the group editors reported to, to Dan and Jim and then to Jim when Dan was let go. But, you know, so... There are changes. It's just whether whether I'm reading too much into the changes is entirely possible. Well, I think we were ta- we had a little what if moment there, which yeah. is okay. I mean, that's what fanboys do, for sure. Right. That be quiet because he doesn't like when his babies get upset. He doesn't like DC getting fucked with. I don't. Well, no, I don't like. I don't like anybody. Uh, at least I, I. I'm a firm believer in. If you do your job, then 
all's right in the world. If you're not performing, then then yeah, then then, then things needs to be things need to be looked at. It, that, that's the performance reviews are there for a reason. I don't like seeing anyone lose their job. Listen, I mean, I you know, New Fifty Two came and we were vibing on some of the books. Unfortunately, you know, things like OMAC went away too soon, and but but things like you know, at least Vince still had Hawkman. You know, so there were things where we were like, okay. I'm not enjoying this, but it's. It, it, this goes back to what Vince was saying last week. I'm not digging this. Someone out there obviously is. People are reading it. People are enjoying it. Someone's writing it. Life is good for all those people involved. So uh, I'm not a fan of... of um, I mean, it, it's, it's a business. Somebody owns this company. If the numbers aren't there if the business isn't what it is then you know this this is unfortunately what happens it it's it's never it's never good news i i just i can i i only hope that the right people um land on their feet and are able to uh turn this negative into a positive i mean we've we've seen people leave and Go do other things. I mean, you know, we've uh, Karen Berger's got an imprint at, at Dark Horse, and you know, so I mean, things everything happens for a reason, they say. But it it it's just, yeah. I mean, to, to Jason's point, yeah, no, I'm not. I I don't. Um, you know, if I'm enjoying things and 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 we're along at a good clip, then yeah, it it bums me out when when you know something throws a wrench in it. Yeah, I'm enjoying the Bendish shit. Well, I got another three weeks to enjoy that, and and you know, Jason was. Groove into Hickman's heck, Hickman's X Men, and everything was great. And now here's this multi part event, and some of it could be fun, but as we may hear tonight, the recent chapters not as much. So it's <laughs> we're you know it, it's I we we love it when things are, are are chugging along and and we're happy with it and we're content and and we're just smiling and then we hit the choppy water and 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 it's like well that's not kind of what I signed up for. So yeah, I mean I don't it it's not. It's part of the business of of the industry, and and it, it's something that'll come up. I'm I'm you know I'm glad to hear it from because again I didn't I didn't go digging for the news. I'm um I'm I appreciate it being discussed here because at least knowing that we're level headed. I mean I might um be a little emotional on some things, but it's at, at, at least you know hearing jason talk about it it's it, it's with a level head so i can i can appreciate and kind of digest it without flying off the handle because of a headline i think um we should uh pat jason on the back for nailing it right on the head when he said we are too invested in the the commerce side of comics and this again yeah, has to sure. do ha- had to do with what we talked about back then or a couple of weeks ago or whatever when we said you know mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad people are reading and enjoying this it okay you had the steam engine and then along came the combustion engine and all the people that made steam engines were out of jobs right did you weep for the people that made steam engines did, no, did it did it ruin your day or did you really take a minute it's like man i hope all those people that made steam engines could could find work like nobody no you didn't care right so and that's what i'm saying about the comic industry yeah we we take it very seriously because we know people who sell these things 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, right, but there's a face for every every industry. Like, right, like, like do we all cry over all the people that used to cobble shoes? No, nah, right, I mean, no, you know, which I, was my family or uh, I know a yeah, bunch yeah. of cobblers. But anyway, um, so that's the thing. We we put a face. Uh, we, we humanize the industry mm-hmm. because we know people in it. But if we didn't know the people at DCBS and Challengers and, and Comics on the Green and all these retailers, if we didn't know yeah. them, we wouldn't give a shit either way if the direct market went under or not. Right? It's just that we... Yeah, I mean, to your point about, like, with, I know with you at the Coppers, like, my, my aunt had a, a, a bookstore in, in uh, Aspen, Colorado, and she was Amazoned. And, you know, so on a personal level, that sucked. I felt really bad for her. It affected her greatly. But... But I mean, but but would most people have been mad that Amazon came along and you could buy your books on? Like, no, nah, man, because like right. for most people, it was convenient. You saved money. It was easier to get them. I mean, there are always trade offs when there are changes. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, a lot of and, pain. Again, that... I don't want people to to think that we're not. We're, the whole point is we're not dehumanizing this. That's no. why we're talking about it. Exactly, we do humanize it more than we would if it was just tchotchkes or doohickeys or widgets. Right. There's a lot of pain that comes with progress. For sure. Yeah. All right, but let's pick it up. Tell me about something you read that you loved. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Dab, what you do you got? You loved? Oh, I, I, everything I read for this week is ridiculous. Did I love it all? Uh, definitely not. I, can't, uh, I shouldn't be surprised because you just love Dynamite, but I can't believe you read what you read. Well, then I'm just going to start with what I read there. Do it. This do is, it. it's, it's super ridiculous. <laughs> Of course it is. Um, comics the should name be. In itself is ridiculous. Yes, yes. It, it comics should be ridiculous, and this uh, two. It's a five issue miniseries. Uh, two issues I have read. This definitely fits the bill. Uh, the concept uh, is by Declan Shalvey and Fred Van Lenty, two massive power hitters in comics. Uh, this it's written by Fred Van Lenty. The art is um, diversified. Let's just say that. <laughs> there's, um, there's three people at the helm here. Uh, Vincenzo Caratu, Justin Mason, and Pasquale Qualando. And the color art is by Kike J. Diaz. And it is dynamite. Issues one and two, as in die, exclamation point, <laughs> numite, issues one and two. Silly, uh, well, in the wake of Marvel Zombies and Deceased, uh, I guess Dynamite felt the need to have a zombie-centric miniseries, uh, and that's exactly what this is. The universe is overflowing with evil, uh, not only localized, but across time and space. A plague erupts. You got John Carter, who's old and busted and in a nursing home on Earth, does the little mystical hoodoo, and he ends up on Barsoom, okay? Young and vibrant and and, uh, full of life, and he's running back to helium. And if you've seen the John Carter movie, you know, because John was uh, developed under a planet with different gravity, Mars's gravity is less than Earth's. So John has almost superpowers on Mars. So he's bounding his way to helium. He's like, ah, Deja, I'm coming, baby. I'm home. This is awesome. And he jumps and he's almost at helium and he looks down and Mars is populated by zombies. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. And okay. Uh, then you go to the Hyborian age. 
Sonia, right? Red Sonia's tooling around, and she's kind of pissed because she has this friend slash foe um, that uh, kind of gets the best of her, and then she turns the tables, and she gets the best of him, and then he'll turn the tables and get the best of her. And it's like a friendly rivalry, maybe something more than that. His name is Zoran, and um, she she has a prisoner, and she's she's trailing Zoran, and she sees this giant temple, right? And Zoran has been infected with the zombie plague. So she takes care of him. Uh, and the doesn't end well for the, the captive either. But So she gets to the top of the temple and somebody's saying, Yo, toots, hey, uh, I, got, I got the way out of here. And who is it but Smiley the Psychotic Button? <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> it's so stupid. It, okay, <laughs> it, Evil Ernie's, you know, little button, Smiley. Uh, and the, she dives into this portal between worlds and uh, Vampirella's in it. Of course, it's a dynamite miniseries. Vampirella has to be in it. Um, in this role, she's the ambassador uh, of Draculon. And she's in a starship en route to a, an Earth colony of uh, vampires, right? Uh, so they come upon this derelict scout ship and... Captain's like, well, we got to go investigate this thing, so let's pull up next to it, and we'll investigate it, and the door opens, and there's a zombified Tark in it, and shit hits the fan, uh, Vampirella goes to investigate, and the captain doesn't want the zombie plague entering his the confines of his starship, because it's a very limited space, right? You got starship and then space, there's nowhere else for it to go, so he locks Vampirella in the, the starship, and it gets sucked into the gravity well of Mars. Uh, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt's in here as well. Nice. Yeah, uh, but it's it's not on the level of the uh, <laughs> of, of the Thunderbolt. No, um, it, it's it's early Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, where he relinquishes all his worldly trappings, right, and he he commits the Crimson Chronicles to memory, gets the power. Uh, of the Thunderbolt, and he's the chosen one that's going to tackle the plague of evil head on. And um, his first trial is uh, very much by fire, where he has to uh, vanquish this two-headed zombie creature death analog that's basically the reanimated corpses of his parents. Um, Miss Fury's in here. Marla Drake. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about Miss Fury, but Miss Fury gets her power from a panther skin. The costume actually gives her the power. And she's up there in age. Like, she's she's in her 70s, right? So she, she slides on the panther skin, and she runs out to, to battle evil for uh, what's probably the last time. Because she's old, right? And the, the nursing home erupts in um, zombies. And um, who does she run into? And this made my heart leap out of my chest. She runs right into Project Superpowers. <laughs> yep. Green Llama, Masquerade, Death Defying Devils in here, Samson, the Scarab, and, in my opinion, the best of the bunch, the Black Terror, right? And Bob's an Uberman, right? He's, he's arrogant. Uh, you know, he's, he's near godlike and... and He's making light of the situation. He's like, what the hell is this? 
We fight gods. I'm not going to dirty my hands with these frickin' zombies. Look, a zombie tries to bite him, and the, the zombie's teeth just shatter on Bob's arm. And he's like, this is ridiculous. I am not going to waste my time with this bullshit. And a zombie vomits, and it gets on Bob's face, and Bob turns into a zombie. So now you have Superman-level powers that is a zombie. And Peter uh, Cannon's racing towards the scene, and he's like, oh, shit, this is exactly what the the virus wanted. This is a super spreader. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, it's so good. It's ridiculous. Yeah, if you have no connection to these characters at all, I don't think you're going to find anything of value in here. Uh, I'll be honest with you. If 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 you're not a a Red Sonja fan, why are you going to read this? Sure. It's all been done before. This is, right, like right. I said, a retread of Marvel Zombies or or, or Deceased, which I'll, I'll give Kirkman and, and uh, the, the writers of Deceased credit. There's much more inventive things going on there, right? This is pure... It's Tom Taylor, isn't it? I think so, yeah. This is pure dynamite fanboy a love letter. Right, um, I love Vampirella. I, uh, the The Project Superpowers is one of my favorite things ever. Uh, is it uh, a, a masterwork of sequential storytelling? No, it's not. It's just fun. It's 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 the 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 sugary sweet stuff on top of the you know the after dinner uh, sweets. That's all. It's it's just something that you you indulge. Uh, after you've um you know the the full course real meat of the the meal i i don't make any bones about it i i loved it but again they know who this is made for yeah you are you're 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 perfect for it yeah this this is is i'm the target audience for this because i love all these characters um so yeah i thought it was wonderful there's a plethora of covers um, and if you want to check out the art style, you can go to the website, 11oClockComics.com, go to the gallery. I put a couple, a, a couple pages in there. It's well worth looking at. I think the, the, the arts, um, a cut above, uh, the, the, the usual dynamite stuff, which is, I mean, they're, uh, by and large, dynamite's getting a lot better in, in pairing talented artists with projects on which they can shine. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like the Vampirella sequence and the Sonya sequences. I, I think the the um, Project Superpower sequence is exactly what it needed. It's it's a much more realistic, more traditional approach to superhero storytelling. It's it's this is right in the pocket. So uh, again, if you're like me and, and you take great comfort in the dynamite pulpy heroes, then I, I you should check out Dynamite. Uh, because it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love when you get all perked up. Oh, it's you know I look at my DCBS list, mm-hmm. and we get you know certain publishers give certain discounts. I think Dynamite's like thirty, thirty percent, thirty-five, right? Thirty-five around there, whatever. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. I, so I look at the the price at maybe two dollars and fifty or two dollars and seventy cents for an issue, and I'm like. Do, are these really worth it? And in, in Dynamite's case, yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. mind paying to something for a floppy. With DC and Marvel, I usually wait unless it's Last God. 
uh, I usually wait for the collected editions because pound for pound, you get out cheaper and, you know, you get the same reading satisfaction for not a whole lot of money. But with Dynamite, I pony up. I don't know what it is. Because you love it. It could be. Could be. I think it's that it's... I, I, I'm going to say instant gratification. Yeah, you wait a month for your box, but you get it. You're not waiting for the collected edition. You're not waiting for it to find... I mean, yeah, it'd be neat to have yeah. sitting down to in one fell swoop, but now, I mean, you're getting it as close as for someone like you and I who get monthly. You're getting it as soon as you can, and, and, and you just... You need it. It's, it, it's your fix. I, I love Yeah, that. but I usually let them stack up. I'm that way too, but at least, but 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 at least now you're also supporting it when it's happening. Right. There's only one book I will read right out of the gate whenever it comes out, and that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't let that stack up. I don't. Again, I I have no explanation. It's weird. I, yeah. I try not to, but because they've been coming out so fast for years, I have the last couple sitting next to me still to read. Okay. So yeah, I'm 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 a couple behind on that. But that's good. When you're done, we'll, we'll tag team on, on them. But okay. um, yeah, and the same with IDW. Like I don't mind paying for Transformers and and Turtles by the, by the single issues. It does come out relatively cheaper if you wait for those massive collections that they do every so often, like right. the Phase collections or whatever. Uh, but I, I don't usually, I don't want, want to wait for those. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in some cases, I double dip. So, yeah. Dynamite. Silliness. Rampant silliness. Nice. And the covers are a little bit misleading because it, the covers show Vampirella and Sonya and, and the principal players as zombies. And as issue, as of issue number two, none of that's happened. So, take the covers with a bit of grain of salt because you know your your favorite heroes are not turning zombies at least not yet right on yeah right on um i hinted in the uh, pre-show uh that the patrons will hear that uh, there was something i was going to ask you about although i wasn't sure if you would have the answer because i know that you are a long time unapologetic fan of uh of, of the super sentai and uh and with that some of the power rangers uh, Americanized version, but I, I realize that you have not read much or any of the comics and aren't very current on the TV show, so you, you, you may not have the answers, but nonetheless, um, I did speak on these in our uh, monthly previews videos when they were solicited a few months back because I had read the TMNT Power Rangers uh, mini and loved it, thought it was really well executed. And I know from our, our community that um, a lot of folks for the last bunch of years have really spoken highly of the Boom of Boom Studios' uh, adaptation of the Power Ranger Power Rangers world, uh, Gogo Power Rangers, and the like. Um, much of which was written by Ryan Parrott. And so when I saw that they were relaunching uh, with new starting points uh, in the form of Power Rangers number one and Mighty Morphin number one both written by Ryan Parrott, uh, with Power Rangers drawn, penciled by Francesco Mortarino, with colors by Raul Angulo, and Mighty Morphin, written by Parrott, with uh, illustration, uh, pencil, and ink, by Marco Renna, with colors by Walter Bemonte. Uh, I thought, why not? Like, good jumping on point, right? Like, I've been hearing a lot about it. I dug what I saw in the TMNT miniseries. 
why not? Give it a try. Uh, it's, it's a universe that I know is beloved by many of our fellow geeks, but I just was never a Power Rangers guy. The, the stuff got popular when I was in college, so I didn't I didn't really ever glom onto it, and it just doesn't have the nostalgia for me that a lot of the other stuff does. And both are out. Uh, the one one of them came out last, and I, I say one of them because I don't remember the order of them. But I know one came out last week, and the other came out this week, and I read them both today. Uh, and I thought they were both great. Um, they, I think, like the thing I will give them credit for is that uh, it's very clear in reading these that it picks up from where the other series left off. So it's one of those soft reboots. So I wouldn't say I was 100% on board with all that had happened. There's definitely going to be some catching up for me. But I think he did enough in terms of introducing the core characters and the concepts that uh, that had this been your first exposure to um, to to the Power Rangers universe of Boom, you, you wouldn't be completely lost. So I thought it was they were, he did a good job. Wouldn't say a great job, because like I said, there were definitely some things where it was clear that had I been been reading the prior series i have had a more richer fulfilled experience uh, with these two first but where it gets to you vince is um from what i can gather the mighty morphin uh is- series is very much like the tv show where i presume most of the comics it's it's the five kids they're the power rangers they're on earth and they're doing their thing right they're fighting the fighting zed and and rita and they're minions, right? And uh, in the first issue, they fight uh, a kaiju named Pandemonium. It's a giant killer panda with spikes. All, all very similar stuff. If you've ever seen an episode of the cartoon, or not the cartoon of the of the TV show, or read it, one of the comics, it's 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 very much evocative of that. Okay? Yeah. Um, but Power Rangers is a bit different. Power Rangers takes place or starts, I should say, in space. Um, it's three Rangers, which um, I believe were original Rangers, Zach, Trini, and Jason. Yep. But they're not uh, they're not Power Rangers anymore. They're Omega Rangers. Yeah. Okay. And they basically come back to the Earth to the current group of Rangers because they need their help because they witnessed a being known as the Imperial, like Empire Imperial, uh, wipe out an entire planet and kill you know, millions upon millions of people in, in the process. They've never heard, they didn't know what an Imperial was. They were overwhelmed by how strong it was. And they wanted to find out more. And when they come back to earth to, to hang out and, and get some answers from, um, uh, Zordon, um, they find out also while they're there, that Lord Draken is there and in prison in, in, in the power Rangers facility. And that leads to the Omega Rangers having beef with the Rangers because they determined that they need Lord Draken to help them figure out and defeat the Imperial. Um, now, I don't know if the Omega Rangers is a concept that was introduced in in Boom by Parrot or if it's something from the lore of the show. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, from the lore of the show. I've read this issue and I'm thinking... Oh, you did read it. Yeah, not oh, the okay. not the go go. I read because I heard that they were doing um, the Omega Rangers, and I'm like, wow, the influence of John's Lantern Corps is very apparent on this book uh-huh. Be- because I think it's more along the same things. They elevated the OGs to you know Alpha Lantern status, or in this yeah. case, Omega Rangers. Uh, I thought it was fun, uh, but. My attachment to Power Rangers, and I'll be totally honest, the first year I watched the show, 
everything after that, I would record it and just fast forward through all of the Americanized bullshit just and just fighting. Yeah, and yeah. just watch the fighting. Yeah. Right. As soon as as soon as Megazord came on, I'm like, okay, let me see what this is about. Uh, right, right. You know, but the, all the the interplay between the kids and the school and all that, I had no no time for that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that the white tiger is uh, a kaiju in this thing. It, it appears yeah. mm-hmm. that that's very cool to me. Uh, but again, I have no history with anything Boom has done with the Rangers. I just saw this came out. It was a number one. I think the art is phenomenal on this book. Oh, the, on the Power Rangers. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. This- Francesco Martorino, I agree. I, 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 just to be clear, I thought that the Mighty Morphin art with um, with Marco Renna was was good. Uh, like, I don't want to, I don't want shortchange and say it was, it was, it was certainly not bad. It, but what's weird about that is that actually to me, the Mighty Morphin looked almost like like cell animation. Like, like the, he drew it like it was supposed to be, you know, like an old Japanese cartoon. And again, right. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the Power Rangers. Um, that was beautiful. I mean, the just just um, just like a Terry Dodson type thick black line on the out, outline of every everything, and then really well drawn beyond that. Everybody's beautiful. I, no, I, re- I agree with you. I, I thought that the uh, the Martorino uh, pages were just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. 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 But but so I guess okay. So Omega Rangers, one, and then the other thing was the Lord Draken because it's and again spoilers to people. I, although I pref- I presume that. For ninety nine percent of you that are going to read this, this is not spoilers. It was just a spoiler to me. Lord Draken, I guess, is a long standing thing, and it's Tommy. It's an older version of Tommy from another right. uh, universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like their ultimate. Ne- he's like the ultimate enemy, or at least he has become in the comics. He's he's basically much much more powerful and dangerous than than uh, Rita or, or or Zed or anything like that. Yeah, I just don't know why they can't let the Tommy thing go. Uh, <laughs> you know. He, the poor guy, even in real life, he's had his ups and downs. Yeah, and let, let's just blaze some new trails for Power <laughs> Rangers and yeah. leave, leave Tommy yeah. alone. To your point, because I don't know if you – so it sounds like you didn't read Mighty Morphin. Um, no. Uh, I, I, I definitely – I thought they were both well executed and especially for what they're supposed to be. I think they were both well done. I think in terms of the likelihood that I'll be reading either of these in a year – um, very low on the Mighty Morphin, and much for the reason you said, it was, I think, it reminded me of the TV show the few times I've seen it. It, it, it was a lot of them hanging out in the diner, talking with the with the two goofy bully kids who were there, and, and, and uh, making the small talk, but the very, like, G-rated, almost like Archie Riverdale small talk, right? And all shucks and gee whiz, and, and it just, it was... It was almost too much like the TV show, which for I think for many people I presume means that they, they did exactly what they were intending to do. But for me, I'm with you. I, I, I'm much more interested in these super powerful beings whooping ass and, and fighting kaiju. So I'm probably going to not last on that one. Now, I've pre-ordered three of them, so I'll give I'll definitely give the first arc a try. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing that one's not going to stick with me. But it, I'm much intrigued by the Power Rangers. I, that the idea of a of a uber powerful galactic we mean business we're going to team up with our greatest enemy because you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend i'm down for that for sure uh that 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 seems like that could be pretty neat so true that yeah nice but it, it i mean it's kind of cool that they have you have two flavors you know they're yeah, they're, they're trying to yeah. please the long-standing fans and then they're doing something new for you know maybe to attract a, a different audience i think that's really smart Mm-hmm. Covering all the bases, nothing wrong Absolutely. with that. Yeah, very nice, sir. 
What about you, Dad? Uh, I was um, I was catching up on a couple of things, um, and that included uh, wrapping up. Sadly, Young Justice by Brian Michael Bendis and David Walker. Um, the last three issues. Uh, you can definitely I, I say you can definitely I'm not in their head so I can't say for certain but just my gut says that um, I really think that they were aiming to spotlight a member of the team in each issue uh, we didn't see anything with Connor or Bart yet um, but I know Connor he's playing a part in in the house of l in the house of kent over in the action comics series um but like for example number 18 was a date night with uh with with tim and stephanie and 19 was about cassie and uh wonder girl facing the trials put forth by uh her grandfather zeus um but 20 the the final issue was kind of just just um it was it was a it was a nice neat enough story um but it just it just kind of bummed me out i was just telling brian newberry that um you know i i feel that it finished too soon and 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 i'm prematurely when i say that i don't it, it's not like oh that that, that, that storyline wrapped up. I just think that it, it ended because it just, it ended. This was the final issue. This was, there's no more after this. So this is the story we're telling. This may have always been maybe the final story, the final chapter that, that they were moving towards. This was going to be the last issue, whether it was it ending at 20 or 50, but um, it just feels too soon. It feels sudden. And, and selfishly, I want more. But again, the story, I think that, that Bendis and Walker were telling, um, kind of was leading up to needing more. It, it, I almost like it demanded it. And um, I sadly, I didn't finish 20 saying, you know, yeah, this, this was, this was the natural progression. This, this was logical. This is where they were headed. This, this is the nice, this is a good place to end it. It, it, it didn't feel that way. I mean, it's still, it looks absolutely phenomenal. Number 18 um, has a, uh, has a couple of artists. Um, it's uh well two it's um it's uh, Scott Godlewski uh, and um, Michael Avon Oming and and Oming is um he's here to, to uh, tell a flashback a few pages with a flashback involving um, Stephanie who's on the hunt for her father the Clue Master um, and and it's again it it's it's a neat enough story scott's art is fantastic if 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 i can't have if i'm not having john timms on the book um then at least i i think uh i think scott does a uh does a solid job following him uh i mean we started with gleason and then we got timms and and we're kind of ending with it, it it was a strong strong art team that 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 bendis and um and walker towards the last half um got on the book but uh, uh 18 involves like i said involves robin who right now is in the bendis story is going by drake um and and steph going up against her father 
So it, it, it's kind of like a date night. It's it's sweet. Um, but the team gets called in to um, to pitch in. And at the end of the issue, um, Cassie shows up because she's she's dealing with her grandfather. So then that, that leads into 19 and 19, um, 19 is, deals with Cassie and, and her grandfather. And then she shows up and it, it, it ties back to 18 where, you know, she shows up with the gang having lunch. And, um, and then, so, so we pick up right from, from that point. So I like really was keen on, on the storytelling, the way everything just kind of flowed from one, one issue to the next. Um, and and again, I mean, I'm just I'm looking at at the art more than anything else, and um, I'm I'm of a certain age where I I, I like Cassie Sandsmark as a character. I I, I appreciate her um, her part of being a member of Young Justice, and and I. But when I hear Wonder Girl, I don't think of Cassie that that's just that's just my age showing and 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 that's fine I get that you know she is she is absolutely um wonder girl for this team so so she you know she's she's explaining what she's got to put up with um with the Pantheon and and with Zeus and everything that you know all the baggage that comes with that and what's neat about it is for somebody who may not know a lot about wonder girl when you have characters like Naomi or Jenny Hex or even Teen Lantern, when they're asking her questions, it's like it's it's great because if you're a reader not familiar with the character, if you didn't read the Peter David stuff, then um no, you're this is filling in some of those gaps. So I really appreciate the way um Bendis is working with these characters that have been around longer than he's been at DC. So it's not like he's not really trying to um rewrite history here. He's just kind of filling in any holes any readers like me um might have but uh you know so so they kind of save the day and at the the end of the issue um cassie has her words with uh with her grandfather and and then he goes away and with um with issue 20 the um uh, the gang goes to um Mount Justice, and uh, which which is a throwback to um, to the old Young Justice book, uh, and to some degree to to the cartoon. But the um, while they're there looking around the area, and 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 Robin, and um, and they made the nice joke that you know, so 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 Tim's going back to Robin now, like Drake is no longer a thing, and everyone's like, yeah, I kind of think you know, Bruce put the squash on that, but. Um, there the, the bart is uh is zipping through mount justice uh to connor robin they're all showing the new kids you know where everything is here and what this and this and this and and um everybody's having a grand old time until they get to red tornado who seems to just be like in stasis and just kind of whether he's recharging or just he's just hovering there and under his spotlight and somehow he gets activated um, and he attacks the kids uh, because he's not sure what's going on. And, and he thinks, you know, the, the, the place is under attack. Uh, so, so the issue is mostly, well, it's kind of red tornado taking everyone out, 
except Teen Lantern comes back to um to take him on and uh so this is kind of her moment to shine um and and she um she handles her business but then Green Lantern of Earth in this case John Stewart he um he's kind of demanding the power ring back because it's not necessarily a power ring in the traditional Green Lantern sense. And um, it's definitely connected to Oa. It's just that this young lady has no idea how Um, she feels that she's earned it. Um, Not unlike previous Green Lanterns may have felt. And uh, she and John have, have have a little bit of a, of a hard time. And and John's like, you know, he's, he's almost ready to put his foot down. Sam just going to take it from you. And then, that's when you know Superboy and Robin come to and they're like yeah that's that's not that's really not how this is going to go down and um so everybody just basically has a cooler head about it all it 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 ended um it ended with with a nice kumbaya moment and and um they they obviously can someone can pick these pieces up and do something with them if they want to tell a story with these characters after in March, after future state or whatever, then, you know, th- things are here. Things are in place where, you know, there's, there's seeds to sow. Um, but, uh, I just, it's, yeah, not going to lie. Part of it is me being selfish, but it just, it, it felt like the rug just, I mean, as a reader, it feels like the rug I pulled out from under me. I don't know what it might feel like to somebody who's actually creating the stories, but, um, you know, it, it's, when when I look back at at complete series that I have, whether it's um, the Losers by by Diggle and Jock, or the Green Lantern series that was kicked off by Kevin Smith, or the Harley Quinn series that was kicked off by Carl Kessel, there, there are there are some series I have where I'm like I'm I'm happy that I have like this complete run, this whole set, and I can go back and just read these handful of issues because they're not going except for green lantern it's not like they went on forever and ever like madam zana do things like that these are just these are a couple dozen issues and i'm i'm good to go um but most of those ended at a good place or at least logically as a story um it made sense to end here this kind of didn't that's really the only that's the only mar i mean it looks absolutely from start to finish from the first issue to the 20th the series looked amazing and um i was happy to see you know the superboy from the 90s in the book and um i think i wanted to see what bendis was going to do and and how you know he was going to fold it all into the 90s team and the new 52 post rebirth stuff and uh we really didn't get into that too much okay yeah he brought back amethyst and um you know general showed up in another one shot this week for a second and it it's there's there are things he bendis obviously had has had some fun at at, at dc and and um you know i don't know i'm not saying you know 20 issues of young justice means you know that that's the thumbprint and that's he well he left his mark on dc and these are things that you know they're going to take advantage of for years and years and tell the stories in movies based on these things but it just it it's a I'm a little bummed because I just think it um it just it it didn't end with a um 
it wasn't a fitting end, especially the way it started. I don't think it. Um, I didn't. I, I didn't like the way it wrapped up. So that was that was a bit of a bummer. Again, it looks great. It's a neat story. I just wanted. Um, I just would have liked to see it keep going until you know it it, it made sense to uh, to conclude it. But it's uh, it is what it is. It 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 really is. It, it's an entertaining ride. Though. I mean, for twenty issues, I um I had a lot of fun with it. It's uh it's definitely um it's it's going to Maya Classica somewhere uh, for the last time. But it it's going to um it's i i really did have a lot of fun with it it was it was a book that uh that i seriously enjoyed and i didn't um you know i don't i don't know where it would fit into after future state anyway i don't know what's going to happen with they may not do anything with it. i know jenny hex is, has a one shot coming out um i know joe from far sector is involved in future state i don't know if they're going to do anything with um with Teen Lantern. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what Bendis and Walker have planned for, for Naomi in the future. Um, that's a character that I don't think they should um, shelve and, and put away for someone for, for, for some time. But, um, you know, Bart's back, Connor's back. Will Connor stay back? I don't know. Yeah, well, but these are, it's comics. If, if they're not still around come March, they'll, they'll pop up somewhere down the line but um but yeah i'm i'm again i'm glad i got to read it i'm glad it was here um i just would have liked a um a more fitting ending i guess i'll say well there you go i pick us back up Vince. oh i don't think i'm gonna be able to do that oh because you blew your water with dynamite no, the the next thing I want to talk about is a rotting piece of garbage from DC. Yeah, Yikes. it's oh, all right. It's well, probably yeah. one of the worst things I've ever read out of DC. Oh uh, well, let's uh, let's pivot from that then. Perhaps. Okay then. <laughs> well, let's give I... some... Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, 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 no. Uh, all right. I was going to say, uh, let's give some love to a man that uh, we often give love to because he deserves it, Mister Jeff Lemire. Because you mentioned DC, Vince, uh, we were graced with the joy of Sweet Tooth, The Return Number 1, written and drawn by Jeff with uh, colors by Jose Villarubia. Uh, I hope most of you listening are uh, savvy enough comic fans to not need me to explain to you what Sweet Tooth is. Uh, but uh, for you heathens that are new to the, to the genre... Uh, it was a 40-issue Vertigo series uh, that uh, Jeff wrote and drew. Uh, God, now a bunch of years ago. Jeez, time flies. I think it uh, I think it ended in 2013, believe it or not. God. Um, it was a post-apocalyptic story that gen- that basically centered around an, a, a, a human-deer hybrid, yes, deer, uh, named Gus. He was a teenage boy with antlers, and uh, it was he was on an adventure with... Uh, uh, a curmudgeonly old guy, kind of like a Clint Eastwood type named Jeopard. And uh, they basically go on a big adventure adventure through an American wasteland. And uh, I'm, lots and lots of stuff happens to them over those 40 issues, uh, which I won't get into here. Uh, if you haven't read it, please do. Um, so it was surprising to a lot of us uh, to see Jeff go back to the well. Now, why he went back is very obvious. Uh, Sweet Tooth is about to be a TV show. Um, so it made sense to... Uh, to remind folks of the comic. 
But Jeff is not someone who phones it in, right? Like he's not someone who's like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shit out a quick six issue uh, sequel or epilogue just to, to 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 get people to pay attention to the book. No, no, no. Um, and I don't know why I should be surprised, but but to his credit, having read all of Jeff's work and feel like I really get a, I understand him as a storyteller. Um, this is, uh, it's meta, man. Like it, 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 it's, this issue starts off almost like he's just retelling the original sweet tooth. Uh, a boy wakes up in his bed. He is a teenage boy with antlers. He is in a forest and kind of living a relatively innocent life. And he is, but then it starts to take a turn because he's visited by a a priest like man who reminds him that he is the last of the hybrids. Uh, he calls him father, by the way, and reminds him that his only job, because th- this boy's been having visions, visions of of, of, of things that, that aren't like the reality he's, he's familiar with, father tells him that, listen, you're the last of the hybrids, we have to protect you, uh, and your job is to be free and have fun until it's time to go to heaven. Pretty straightforward. But being a teenager and having curiosity and having visions, he's not bad about it. He's he. He he makes a move to try and see what's beyond the veil, and uh, and to Jeff's credit, because this is a miniseries, it, it, he, we we see we see the boy break through the veil uh, in this issue. Um, this takes place um, about three hundred years after the original series, and hmm. uh, and I'm not going to even intonate what happens in the final page of the reveal. But it's very confusing because it is 300 years later and uh, things are – things can't be what they seem because it just – people don't live that long. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's one of those cool things because if you have any familiarity, familiar, familiarity with Sweet Tooth, the original series, a lot of this is going to feel quite familiar. But in an off-putting way, almost like you're in a parallel universe watching a different interpretation of what happened. Um, and then you find out that it's in the future and it just has you scratching your head. And uh, it's one of those things where you're left with a lot more questions and answers after the first issue, which I love. Because I'm sure that we will get the answers uh, in the coming issues of the miniseries. So an absolute Grand Slam home run. Um, not surprised by that at all. Uh, I love, I love Jeff. I love his work. I talk about it a lot. I think Sweet Tooth is one of his best series, period. Uh, I own a few pages from it. I, I love I love the series. And so um, I think it's pretty neat that he had the audacity to come back to this world, but in a very, very strange uh, orthogonal way. So uh, I tip my cap to Jeff as I'm, as I'm wont to do. I think he's been uh, my favorite creator um, in the Oscars at least three times, if not four. So... It's no, it's no surprise that I'm I'm, I'm going to enjoy something that he puts out, but yeah, no, I think this is top notch stuff. Now the question is, if you are not familiar with Sweet Tooth the original series, what will will you get out of this? I think you'll be just fine. Um, I I don't think your your resonance with it will be the same as as someone who read the original. Um, but I don't think anything that happened in this, um, I don't think you need to have known anything about the original series to come away satisfied with this. But out of curiosity, as people listen to us uh, this week on the podcast, I would be curious, um, you know, hit us up on the on the Twitters or the Slack or the Facebook group. If you have not read Sweet Tooth and then read this, I'd be curious what you thought and if it if it resonated with you as much as it did uh, me or other fans of the original. Um, but, uh, yeah, 
So don't be a Mark Ass Buster. Make sure you read this. First to find Mark Ass Buster. Um, to me, it felt like Sweet Tooth meets Trillium. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Trillium, Deep Cut, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't yeah. mean, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I I needed maybe a little bit of a, a refresher on Sweet Tooth because it's been a couple minutes, right? Yeah, seven uh, years. But no, I thought it was it was very well done. The art's, well, geez, it goes without saying. I thought the art was phenomenal, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, it looks great. Reads great. Yeah, I think, uh, what is this, five issues, six? Um. Yeah, I, it is five or six. I, I've got yeah. uh, well, six issues. Six right. issues. Yep. So I mean, I think it's it's when all is said is and when all is said and done, it's going to be a worthy addition to the Sweet Tooth mythology. It's just he could do anything between issue one and six with this premise, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So who knows where it's going to go? Yeah, and and Father is not. He doesn't look human. I mean, no, not at all. He's got a all white skin. He almost looks like a. Uh, like a Sith Lord, red eyes, white robe, <laughs> white, white white bald skin. Um, he's got like bolts in the back of his head too, almost like he plugs into the Matrix. So there, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. yeah, there is. It's good stuff. Yep. Oh well, I have the antithesis to good stuff. <laughs> and it was Bring such it. it was such a surprise um, because I love the creator, and this. the the creator only has himself to blame because it's not one of those well the art's phenomenal and the story's just not well actually it is that it is uh, a case of the art being gorgeous and the story just not up to snuff but the creator has no one but himself to blame because the writer and the artist are the same individual Mm -hmm. yes um, and as I said on the, the Slack, I teased a little bit, it has Batman in it. How can you screw up a miniseries that has Batman in it? Well, um, you strip Batman of the thing that makes him Batman. In this book, at least for the first 3.75 issues, and this is a five-issue miniseries, Batman is relegated to the role of horror host. Batman's like the Crypt Keeper in this thing. He comes in at the first page and he's like, blah, 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 blah. And then the story progresses and then Batman will come back next issue at at the beginning and say, here's where we are and this is what's happening now. Like, Batman's not a talking head. He's Batman. Um, uh, And then once Batman... Goddamn Dark Knight. This is true, but once Batman does step into the narrative, the writer-artist gets his voice completely wrong. Who this? Who is this? In fact, it is one of the worst portrayals of Batman, the most ham-fisted, misguided, just left-field portrayal of Batman I have ever read. And when I tell you the, the writer-artist, you're going to be like, hmm... Okay, I kind of get it. Um, this came out in I think two thousand and four, so it's it, cover price is two fifty. So it's been some time since this thing came out, and this creator has has done other works since that time. Some of which have been just phenomenal. Um, it's it's written and illustrated by Sam Keith. Oh, okay. Now I adore Sam Keith. 
Sure. Uh, visually love uh, everything he's ever done. On the narrative side, eh, I mean, he's had his ups and downs. My Inner Bimbo, not so great, right? The Max, awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's done some some um, some DC stuff that has been hit and miss. Uh, but you know, Batman Lobo was was great, right? Uh, so, but always, always for me anyway, Sam is, is in the zone visually all the time. Like I just really, uh, click with Sam's approach to, um, illustrating. I love sure. it. And I think and most, so, most recently we, uh, we, we both read and loved the, uh, Eleanor and the Eager. Right. It, that was really well done. Uh, mm-hmm. this, um, this is not, uh, and, and this, this falls under the, the comic should be ridiculous banner, but I think uh, I was waiting for this to go all the way around the dial past really terrible and go back again and like click with like, wow, this is pretty good, but it never happened. Uh, it's called Scratch. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, the, the series uh, focuses around a young man, 15 years old. His name is Zach, uh, and Zach has a secret. He's got a finger that's disfigured. Uh, there's a, it's fuzzy, it's hairy, it's got a, a, a claw, and um, he keeps the finger under a bandage because he doesn't want to be singled out, you know, as as being different. So uh, he doesn't want to be the freak, the, the, the thing at the end of all the fingers that are pointing at him like, oh, my God, this this kid's really weird. And um, so it's his 15th birthday and the the finger, quote, explodes. Uh, it's actually more than a, a, a mere finger. It's it's his entire hand. It's gnarled and and taloned and and he gets w- wigged out and he runs out into the night. And he transforms into something that very much resembles a giant red werewolf. That's pretty cool, right? I mean, Sam Keith drawing a werewolf? That's, wow, okay, tell me more. So uh, his his senses are all amped up um, far beyond those uh, of the average human. And he, he slaughters a deer. And in the morning, he's exhausted and he's near naked and he's just wandering around the backwoods. And he, and he he just stumbles and falls in front of the cabin of of Miss Sage Perkins. And this is where it gets really weird. Um, Miss Perkins is the Shannon Doherty of the DC Universe. She's got an eye that's far lower that's than, fucked up than her other that's eye fucked up. and i'm thinking oh, all right so so she's a freak thing. right this 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 sage perkins is a freak visually she's a uh, she's freakish and and you know she has the same afflictions that that zach is she doesn't she doesn't integrate herself into society because her face ain't right and so she's she has these two children that she's tending to, and, and they're not quite right either. Um, so it turns out that she takes in Zach, and they... And that, now, Miss Perkins is, I would guess, maybe in her mid-20s to early 30s. 
And now remember, Zach is 15. And they get romantically involved. It is the backwoods, right? It's obviously a red state. But um, it's still not kosher. Like, this kid's 15. That's not... There's never anything implied, like, sexually, unless you consider kissing sexual. Well, maybe you do. But, I mean... So yeah, that is kind of sexual. And they, they, at one point in the book, they kiss. But that's not the weird thing about this. Th- there's, a, there's a rash of livestock b- deaths, right? And there's a, a, a missing child. And the, the, so the sheriff and the townspeople come to Miss Sage's door and they claim that, yeah, you and your freaks, you're responsible. And they see that, you know, she's, She's harboring this young man. Um, and it turns out that there was atomic testing done in the area. And Sage has been disfigured from birth. Um, and, you know, she she's a freak magnet. She takes all these freaks in. Uh, there's something that Sage has on the sheriff, who's female, uh, because when when the sheriff presses Sage and... She turns the tables on the sheriff. The sheriff backs down. But there is something killing livestock and taking children, and it's big, and it's orange, and it's multi-eyed, ugly, and Zack kind of confronts it as the red sort of werewolf, but he's not a werewolf because he can't control his transformations, and the the top of him will transform and he's got little spindly legs or his legs will transform and he's a human above the waist and it's it's weird and there's an underground cavern filled with little creatures that were created by the effects of the radiation and they're very similar to the Izzes from Keith's The Max and it turns out that the I'm just going to blow it and spoil it because nobody in their right mind is going to read this thing. Um, the the things that are hidden away in the caves are the townspeople's children that were affected by the radiation. They just discarded their kids underground. Or something took their children and put them underground. And it's the sheriff. Like the sheriff is a transforming monster. Uh it's just weird like it's it's there's there's no it's so left field that it's not like wow this is really strange it's it's more along the lines of wow this really sucks mm. i i don't get it like sam keith has proven himself to be super inventive with the max right and there's a dreamlike kind of weird quality to well you could say that about all of sam's stuff that they fit within that sam keith mythology where you know, uh, Eleanor and the Egret could work very well within the Max universe as, as um, you know, a, a, a side street within the Max universe. This is kind of like the same thing. Like, this could very – and, the, you know, his female body type is constant. So the the um, Miss Perkins looks a lot like the Sam Keith female archetype. Except for the eye hanging down around her chin, oh, but yeah, yeah. she looks great from the neck down. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, listen, listen to um, this is Batman dialogue. Once Batman enters the picture, this is this is Keith's voice for Batman, right? 
He says, you might think I'm just as much a freak as the creature you call Scratch. But I'm not. Like Scratch, I'm a creature of the night. I have my own ghosts. But I'm here to put an end to this madness. And that little girl right there is the key. Like, that's not Batman. I don't know who that is. It's Goofy. And I, I hate to, to shit on Keith, but visually, wow, it's great. But if you try to read this thing, your brain will turn to mush. Because I don't know who this is in the cowl, but it is definitely not Batman. And so, yeah, uh, in, it's not all sunshine and, and light here at 11 o'clock comics this was a real stinker like uh i it's hard to forget how it's going to be hard to forget how bad these five issues were i i don't have anything else to say it's so this would not make your 11 o'clockers were you reading it in 2004 no i didn't i had no idea be i i was just tooling around on ebay and i saw this and I'm like, what? I didn't even know this was published. Sam Keith, a Batman story with a werewolf at DC? Shit. And I got like all five issues for ridiculously, a ridiculous price. So I, you know, again, I'm reading them and I'm like, wow, could not, could not be farther from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. That should be cray. Yeah. It's, Seriously. It's, uh, so they can't all be winners, right? They can't all be home runs. No, it's just right. They 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 really can't. But it's at just, least, you know what? Honestly, if it's gonna be bad, let it be like leg, like like off the charts bad because that does make for interesting conversation. It is. It, it's right, like it's it, it'd be like it's one thing to be like ah she was kind of blah blah. Like then you're, there's nothing really much to say. But when it's bad enough that you can oh explain right in great detail why it's yes. bad, then you know make yes it exactly. Cool. And and the thing that made me laugh out loud is in the fifth issue. Uh, you know, the, the DC page at the, the ass end of the book, it says, um, you know, Scratch will be back soon in the, uh. D, in the DCU. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, don't no. think so. I don't think Scratch is ever coming back. It's and like this should have just been a Bloodlines. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even think it would be good enough for Bloodlines. Mm. But at least it would just be one issue and you wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Aside from, aside from Hitman, what else has Bloodlines done? I got nothing. So Scratch would have fit right at home. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Facts. It is super facts. But uh yeah. Mega facts. So this would have cost you twelve fifty back in the day. And I got about a dollar ninety nine worth of enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So we've mentioned the eleven o'clock several times tonight. Almost wow, that's like it's almost like it's foreshadowing or some shit. Yeah, I know, right? right? So yes, patient people, it is time. It is it is November 12th as we record, which uh, for some of you, you've been getting antsy. And I, I understand. I, I, I get it. I get it. But uh, have no fear. Your, your uh, yearning to journal and chronicle and begin assembling your choices for favorite comics and creators of 2020. And God's damn, there's going to be something good to come out of 2020. Damn right. Um, is, is, uh, is, we're set. We're finally set up. Uh, the the 2020 11 O'Closkers Comic Awards ballot is online, uh, and and thanks to our main man King Dap, uh, this year you're gonna have an easier time to find it than ever before. I've realized in the last last few years, um, I think some of you have been reluctant to uh 
to, to go to the link because it's a very long and kludgy Google form link. And uh, it, it, admittedly, it's not the most elegant looking thing. Maybe you think it's a little suspect, a little sus, as the kids sus. say. Yeah, yeah Vinny but, says that but, all the time. Yeah, I know. But we don't have to worry about that this year because because uh, thanks to uh, DAP and, uh, and our website integration, you can go right to 11o'clockcomics.com. I hope we don't need to tell you what that website is because it's ours. But 11o'clockcomics.com, right there on the header, very on the bright blue on the left, the first, the first tab DAP has for you is the 2020 11 O'Clockers. You click it's on that. It's great. It's great. It'll turn blue when you click on it. Oh, I must have already clicked on it. Fair enough. Um, but it will bring you into the page. And this year, for the first time, uh, the actual ballot will is populated on that page. So the Google form is populated in an iframe on this page, so you can you don't have to leave our website to answer it. And uh, it all it's, it's all self-explanatory, same setup as always. Um, we we did some minor tweaks to the categories as we're wont to do, but but basically it's the same for all intents and purposes. The biggest thing we did is we separated out science fiction and fantasy, which Ooh. is something that uh, my co-host requested and many of you requested after the last few years. Um, we also, sadly for me. Got rid of the all ages category because you all are heathens and uh, and, and don't want to read books that aren't directly made for you. But uh, no, but but in all seriousness, it's, it's uh, you know you know how we do for for new listeners this year that are like what the hell's eleven o'clockers? Well, it's our little play on the awards idea of Oscars. Uh, we celebrate not the best. We don't call them the best. We call them our favorite because best is subjective. But um, Dap Vince and I in in late January will. We'll tell you in each of the categories our personal choices for favorites, ranging from comic of the year to we have genres to creators to collected editions, the whole gamut. And uh, and 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 perhaps more, if not equally importantly, um, we take all of the litany of votes from the community and I tabulate them and we tell you what were your, your choices um, and we give you your top three because obviously there's a lot of you that contribute. Um, as we did last year, there will be a raffle as an extra little incentive. You should want to do this just because it's cool to do. Yeah. Uh, and you should want to do it because you, you're going to help us out. But but if you need a little more incentive in what's been a shitty year, um, we got it for you. So if you answer at least uh, a complete ballot, which I'm defining as 80% of the questions, if you answer 80% or more of the questions, you will qualify for a drawing. We will draw the winner live on the award show night. Uh, I believe last year, I believe the winner was Jason Hart, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken, but we did, we did have a drawing last year. Last year, we gave away an omnibus uh, of their choice. It had to be in print. Um, this year, we're going to do something a little different because I want to incentivize you, much like with our Patreon. The cool thing about our Patreon is the 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 more of you that support the show, you don't just gain benefits for yourselves, but you gain benefits for the entire community in the form of extra episodes. So similarly... Uh, and it's all explained on the first page. Um, depending on the number of responses we get, the prize to the winner will increase. So if we get 100 or less votes, which would be very disappointing, we always get more than that. Uh, it'll be a $25 gift certificate to InStock Trades, the sister site of, uh, of, our, of our awesome sponsor. Um, if we get up to 250, it'll be a 50 buck. If we get up to, uh, from 251 to 500, which is generally where we fall into, um, it'll be a $75 gift certificate. And if you badasses represent this year, which I know you can, what else you got to do? You're working from home. Uh, if we get 501 or more responses, 
it'll be a whopping $100 gift certificate to any eligible person as we draw a winner. So cool stuff. And again, um, beyond all that, it's just, it's, it's fun to kind of think through the year. Um, and the way the form works, again, this is all explained on the page. So you don't have to take notes right now, but the way the form works is um, with the Google form, as long as you give your email address, um, when you start the form, any, you can come back at any time and it will save your answers. You can come back and change your answers uh, if you read something, let's say in November, December, that knocks your socks off and you want to change your vote, you can do that. If there's some votes that you don't know what you're going to pick, but then towards the end of the year, you have an aha moment, you can go back in and fill them in. And, uh, that will remain until, uh, we lock down the votes, which I generally lock down the votes like a week before we do the show. So let's say give or take like the third week in January, we, we give you a heads up, we'll give you a week or two heads up before we lock them down. We lock them down and tabulate and we do the show. So one of my favorite things we do each year, um, it's a labor of love, and it's always fun to memorialize the year. And I know we can all agree that this year has been like a decade of, of experience. So um, there's probably comics you read in January that feel like you read them seven, eight years ago. Uh, so, yeah. So, again, it, go to 11oclockcomics.com. You'll see right at the top left the link to the O'Closkers and uh, have at it. You always do the heavy lifting for that, and uh, we're grateful. Yeah, because there's no. Uh, way yeah, I, I love would... it. You know, I love yeah. the data. The it's data true. is my thing. So really do. Yeah. Um, and I know we haven't. I I know. Um, this this past year for for 2019, we we had a lot of fun. Uh, we had a guest with us. Um, and yeah. uh, we yes. we haven't uh, we haven't discussed anything like that. Um, for next year, it's still early days, but uh, but no, we we always have a blast with it. Uh, uh, John was great last year. Um, we should probably just say we're gonna have a guest year. on. Why okay, not? right? Yeah, the, I mean, I'm I, I'm absolutely cool with that. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 yeah. I mean, we'll have drink roll call and we'll have a guest again. Um, straight. We'll pick uh we'll we'll pick a lucky listener out of a hat. Um, and uh we'll we'll take it from there but yeah no it's it's a lot of fun i always you know and every year we always say or at least i do and i know a few others have said you know oh i'm gonna do a better job of tracking what i read and um i mean luckily i mean unfortunately slack only goes back so far but we also have the 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 website that we can go back and um look at things to vince's show notes to see you know if but again i mean if something really 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 did knock you on your ass you shouldn't have to dig to say oh yeah should that be on my list it's i mean granted we do read a lot of things and and um things can tend to blend in bleed into one another but uh the, the episode's always a lot of fun it's um it, it, it makes for a long night but it makes yeah. for a very entertaining night and we, we've done really done a really good job of, of streamlining things making sure you know we don't we you know we don't try to we love all our friends and we love all the creators that 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 we know personally and that you know who, who work on the books that we enjoy um but you know we're not it's it's not an everybody gets a trophy kind of thing where we get to make sure we shout out everybody's name because we're not here all night and uh nah, man it's it's we do, uh we do. yeah we gotta do tight and right and 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 it's it's a really really good time but yeah like jason said yep. Got the website, and if 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 you just want to type it in, all sorts of real quick. Uh, as you said, it's eleven o'clock comics dot com slash one one oclaskers twenty twenty. We'll get nice. you right to the page without you having to. If if unless you're Vince and you love clicking, but some people aren't, you know, keeping on <laughs> going click and click. Yeah, click, but. and since we're talking about show stuff right now, um, this is uh, going going away from our ed- editor's notes. Wink, wink, like we have editor's notes. But um, 
it is mid-November, so it is probably time that we start throwing out there to folks that um, we're more than ready to start taking submissions for our 2021 logo, right, Vince? This is true. So I'll leave it to you to just remind the fo- I mean, the, to remind the folks the 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 form that they need. But for again, for new listeners, um, if you if you well, if you're listening, you subscribe to our show in some, in some podcatcher, whether it be Spotify or Stitcher or Apple or or any other. And uh, when you subscribe, as you know, there's a logo that uh, is associated with the show. Um, for you that uh, pay attention to such things, you probably have recognized multiple logos over the course of of the year. Um, there, there's a main logo, which is, I think for our, our, what we would call our main shows that are sponsored by DCB service. And then Vince, uh, uses a, 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 another, a secondary logo that, uh, was created, uh, which is for our patron bonus episodes, but either way, there's two logos and, uh, and the way we do it is for what God now, like since at least since 2013, cause I was looking at our, uh, our thread list. So I, I know for, for a bunch of years, um, we have done a logo contest where, Essentially, it is a it is open. If you're listening to this, you are eligible. You can create a logo for the show, and Vince will give you the specs. And um, we go through all of the submissions, and they're always amazing. And it's a very hard decision. And then we pick a winner, and you become the your art becomes the logo for the show for the entire calendar year. Uh, and then again, um, unless you're already in the Hall of Fame and thus retired from competing, which is uh, two people currently, right? Uh, three, three, right? Three, three. Yeah, we got uh, Jay Gonzo, Jonathan Gordon, and uh, and D Dub, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. So those three gentlemen have won multiple times. So um, we we had to retire them just because you know got to leave it, got to keep keep it keep keep the competition open. But uh, if you're not one of those three gentlemen, and sorry, we still love you, uh, you can submit. And if you're chosen, not only is your artwork going to be on our show logo for the year. But you also, if you're interested, if you're inclined to do so, will uh, be welcome to sit in on uh, the show in the fourth chair for an episode. So uh, so there you have it. Vince, any specs they need to know as they send it to us? Well, it has to be in a square format. Mm-hmm. Um, I would work maybe 6x6, six six, 300 DPI. Don't work any smaller than that because then you give us a lot of leeway with what we can do with it after the fact and how it can be represented and, and all that stuff. So um doesn't matter. You want to do color. You want to do black and white. We don't really care. If you pull it off, more power to you. Um, but keep it in a square format, uh, minimum size, you know, 5x5 five five or 6x6, six six, whatever, and do uh, 300 DPI. Do not go below 300 DPI. Right, and then how should we have them send it to us? Especially because I know you're not, email on, you're not on Facebook anymore. So email. Yeah. What would be the best email app for for them to use? Uh, you can send it to um, info at eleven o'clockcomics dot com. Okay. Um, or each of us, Vince. That's true. Yeah. David or Jason at eleven o'clock comics. Um, right, and if at, and if you're on the if you're on the Slack or you're or you communicate with us regularly on another form, we, we will obviously take take the logo submission that well, way that's, too, but that's a small subset of you. So, And that's that's a problem in, at times because if they send it through Facebook Messenger or Slack, they like to compress shit, and it's not going to. Oh, so go. it really should be, you know, if, if you're going to, I don't know if Vince prefers TIFF or PNG or what have you, but. Um, no, yeah, the, JPEG's the, fine. Okay. All right. So there you go. There you go. Yep. And. and actually, oh. 
No, Jason didn't mention that the uh, first of all, there's more than two winners. Yes, that, that's what I was just because oh, there are. well, right. I mean, there are two official winners, but then for the patron extra episodes, I like to use re, uh, listener submission submitted artwork oh, for okay. them. Okay. So yeah, your yeah. your your image will ha- should you choose to allow us to use it, your image will have a life beyond. Uh, even if you don't win one of the top two categories, you will your art will grace one of our patron extra episodes. Yes. Uh, and if you don't know what they are, um, for our patrons, what we'll do is we'll we'll string together an episode of all the stuff that you, the regular listeners, don't get to hear. The cutting room floor stuff. And the last three months, they've been topping out four hours per month. <laughs> so... Uh, the, our yeah. patrons, they get an extra four hours on top of everything else. Uh, yeah, and they like them because yeah, we don't a very a very intimate look into our yeah yeah. Our some lives. of it is yeah <laughs> it's the stuff that we're, it it not necessarily intended for mass consumption, and and it's great though because it is it's it's these are the moments where um at the end of a Friday night after we've been at the convention and we're, and we're the last few people still sitting at the bar, it's last call and we're just still running our mouths off. This is, uh, it's, it's, you know, and another thing and, but it's all, it's all personal and, um, maybe emotional, but it, it's, it's like Jason said, it is, it's a lot more intimate than us just, you know, riffing on the latest issue of, um, Batman. Yeah, for sure. Right. And more often than not, it does carry over to the guests unless they call us up after the fact and have us take it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if, if you if you hear a guest on our show for the month, chances are very good. You'll hear them say something off the cuff um, on the, the Patreon Extra episodes, but whatever. So, yes, I like to use those um extra images for the extra episodes and jason also didn't message uh, mention that if you win you get to come on the show no i did I mentioned did. That. oh you did, did. Yeah. did yeah all right you were probably busy pulling images for the show that's cool i was i was <laughs> no yeah yeah and i said they, they could sit in the fourth chair for an episode yeah so there if you go they want, it, if they want if they're shy and they don't want to they don't have to no, no it's no. it's all fun it's all fun and yeah. games. um the nice. uh since 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 you mentioned the patreon um might as well throw this out there because it does end tomorrow or but you're hearing this today it ends at five o'clock so if you listen when we release this when vince publishes it as long as you listen to it during friday and you didn't get to the website because you don't get notified or whatever um and it's before five o'clock you can get to patreon.com uh and um slash limit o'clock comics and vote in november's book of the month because that uh, it's it's November and gotta put it out there and um, and yeah and it 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 ends as I'm saying this in 19 hours but it ends tomorrow at at, at Friday five o'clock Eastern time and nice. um, should we run down the list? Sure. Uh, in alphabetical order, um, Animal Farm. Yes, the graphic novel that was released last month. Uh, Batwoman, Hydrology. I so hope that wins. <laughs> what? I think it's cute that you don't look at the voting to know if it's no, it doesn't. Really oh, doesn't. no, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, oh, so yeah. much for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can vote for it if you want. No, no, that's good. Uh, Booster Gold, 
The Big Fall. Concrete, Volume 1, Depths. The Cross-Eyed Mutt, which I cannot wait to read. Uh, Flaming Carrot Omnibus. Lenin, The New York Years, uh, which actually did have a vote. Something's been... Um, yeah. It looks like people are moving things around so they can... Uh, they can back a horse. Uh, ending's a bit of a downer on that one. Say, say what? The ending's a bit of a downer on the Lennon. <laughs> right? You would think. Yeah. Um, Don't spoil it. <laughs> Mystery, Volume 1, One Mean Mother. Space Battle, Lunchtime, Volume 1, Lights, Camera, Snaction, Stray Bullets, Sunshine, and Roses, Volume 1, Kretschmeyer, and Tumor, A Medical Noir. And I'm, I'm surprised at some of the votes that some of these got. I'm not so much surprised at some of the things that haven't gotten um, many votes or any. But uh, it's it's I I think it was a um, it was a good as we mixed things up a bit this time. We didn't uh, I, I didn't go back to the well for things that have been in the running for multiple months in the past. But um, and and you can kind of tell when when Deck gets a new DCBS box and it's filled with. With with graphic novels because that that's that's usually <laughs> oh I have this now we can put it on the list so yeah so there you go there you go nice so I know that Dap read this uh, I don't see it on Vince's list I'm surprised by it because I would assume you'd been all about this book since I know you're a huge fan of the creative creative team involved but um, Vince have you not read Crossover yet I haven't um, I haven't read it but you can talk about it all you want. Well, we don't. I mean, it's a fairly straightforward thing, and, and I think it would be doing a disservice to the uh, to the listenership to to give spoilers about the the plot points as they progress. So, we could probably talk about it. But I know Dap, you read it as well. This is, um, from what I gather from our retailer friends, this is the hottest image number one in a long time. So that's cool to see. Um, but crossover number one was written by Donnie Cates with. Uh, Amazing, amazing art uh, by Jeff Shaw and uh, colors by Dean Cuniff uh, and published by Image Comics. And of course, this is the team that uh, they, they've done a lot of stuff together. God Country uh, being the the book probably that's nearest and dearest to uh, my booze hearts. They both love that book very much. But uh, also they kick some ass in uh, the Thanos uh, series at Marvel. And uh, what else am I forgetting? They did a Arc of Guardians, right? And Yes. Yeah. Um, but but they they work well together. They're buddies. They have a, a definite chemistry, and uh, so this is their their jump back into creator owned comics after uh, kicking ass last few years at Marvel. They're still at Marvel too, but uh, but the premise is very simple. Um, a couple years ago in 2017 in Denver, Colorado, uh, basically it's it's what if a a crossover superhero event happened in the real world. Um, a, just about every imaginable comic book superhero and villain pours out of the sky in a gigantic, massive battle of, of, of galactic proportions over the skies of Denver. And uh, as you could imagine, if that happened in the real world, what that would mean for for, for regular humans. And it, it ain't pretty. Uh, people just get start getting slaughtered, mass destruction. And we fast forward and, and somehow, someway, they put a force field around the Colorado uh, area now as the battles rage on to try and isolate it from the rest of the populace and an entire cultural phenomenon has been built around it where um, 
there are like religious cults that are angry about it. Some think it's the end of days. Uh, but either way, the rest of society is very, very touchy about it. And um, we're seeing all this through the lens of, and I love this name. She goes by Ellie, Ellie Howell, but uh, her <laughs> real name is Ellipses. Yes. I just think that is so wonderful on so many levels. I wish I had a daughter. I would name her Ellipses. But um, but but basically, she is uh, you know a bit of a an alt girl. Um, I don't doubt. Would you say she's like maybe in her late teens, early twenties? I'm guessing like yes. something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's kind of like walking through the streets doing her thing. She's definitely got that air about her, kind of like I don't give a fuck, a little bit of a of an indie indie scene kind of vibe. And uh, she works at a comic book store. And as you might imagine. Comic book stores after a apocalyptic um, life event that, that that leads to superhero characters coming to life and killing people aren't what they were beforehand. Uh, so there's protesters outside um, uh, and, and inside. Uh, comics are like like an incredibly hot commodity. They're almost like rare, like first print B side type of collectibles, almost like black market stuff. And um, and, and essentially, the premise is is dealing with this world, and and as they're chilling, doing their thing, they they suddenly realize that someone in the store, uh, who looks like a little girl, is in fact um, from from the comic book universe. She's she she's got skin that looks like she was drawn like like on a she's four got color. The, 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 the the dot. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly, and uh, and and it's it's as if like. I don't know. It's as if like a an atom bomb was just discovered or something. Most people freak out, and um, and and Ellie's like, "No, nah, we can't." You know, like she's a little girl, and uh, that's really the setup. I mean, that's really all that happens in the first day. It kind of just sets the scene, um, and uh, I, you know, I I think Kate's does a great job as always in sort of laying out the 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 world and the premise, but 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 Jeff is uh Jeff is the star here. I mean, I I think it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and, and I think the way that he can separate the comic characters from the comic book, real the ones we're supposed to see as real world characters, yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and Dean Cuniff deserves a, a credit too because the, the, he uses just about every color in the in the spectrum uh, in this book in some in some way. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, they're another team where I don't think they've ever so far they've never done a bad book, um, and, and they've crossed a lot of different genres. So we shouldn't be surprised. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm totally bored. I thought it was a great, great first issue. The uh, I I absolutely you know, seeing seeing the the Mori pattern that that's one of those things where I just because we have we were reading comics before the Ultraverse and and Marvel buying them for their digital coloring and and you know, the people like. Dave Stewart and and Laura Martin before they kind of reinvigorated before they decided before they changed the way comics looked comics were colored um, it was this was the pattern that that was in the books that you know I I was reading so it's it's there's there's a um, emotional or sentimental attachment. To, to seeing characters look like that not not maybe to this level because it is it is quite apparent because it is it's 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 meant to differentiate between worlds and um it's not it's not as subtle as you see it in in old comic books but um the art is absolutely phenomenal i mean i, I as much as it, it's 
God Country is the barometer for me. It's especially with even Donnie's written work. It's like it's like yeah, no, Thanos is cool, and yeah, I dug your Guardians, and but but it's it's God Country is what I tend to compare anything that Donnie's even Thor. It's like that's what I'm comparing to. Um, but art wise, I mean, Jeff looks absolutely fantastic here. It's it's a gorgeous looking book. Um, I am. I, I was keen on the idea of it, reading the solicit, um, pretty much from jump because I, because I am a fan of analogs and and you know to to see the comic books in this world, the titles of them, the characters that are in them, um, and how you know if that's if that's a character that's actually you know if, if that's supposed to be a Superman character, or is that Shazam, or is that and I I. I spend a lot of time looking for the Easter eggs there that aren't there that that don't exist it's like that that that's just you know to to appease me but that's not uh, it's not necessarily something that was there purposely it's just the extras that you know Jeff might put onto a page that I I appreciate and I kind of I kind of dig for because um, it's a rawhide kid cover and and I mean it's like that's yeah, yeah. that's just you know I, that that's that's random and that's cool um, but yeah it 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 kind of makes sense that there would be um a a religious movement against these beings and and of course they would be um painted as as the uh the bad guys and um you know there's a simple billboard that says god hates mask which you know would probably be <laughs> in place not out of place in as you know you're driving through virginia oh, I'm, because I'm sure we well timed yeah it was, you know, yeah. it's it's like as we're as as um Whenever we would drive south to to see Dad, and we would drive through Virginia, I mean the the billboards there, whether they're about the Bible or anti-abortion, it's just it's it's you know you know your audience, I guess. It's like that's what the people are there for. But uh, but the URL here, um, low baptism low baptist ministry dot com. If you actually do go to that website, because it's right there on the billboard, um, you get to. Uh, Basically, you get to Donnie's site where you can buy um, crossover apparel or, or. Oh, is that right? Uh, oh, yeah, nice. so it's 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 an actual. He basically so you know bought the domain and 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 um, taking advantage of it, just like you know if you go to loser dot com now and what you see, but mm-hmm. you um, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, yeah, I I love I love the fact that I mean, and right from the beginning, because right from the cover. Like there's nothing but ellipses throughout the entire thing because the crossover logo's got the ellipses in it, and then, um, and it's if not that I need any t-shirts, but I absolutely would get the ellipses t-shirt that um, that he's selling on the website. But I mean, I just I I was digging the setup because Elle is the one narrating the story, but it's not just her story as she's explaining it, and um, it was it was it was a great set up for a first issue I, I i can't wait to see where we're going from here and um i'm 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 along for the ride it's it's really something that um it's neat i mean i i don't know if i if it's what i had in mind when i read the solicit um which is cool i i have no problem with that i i i might have thought it might be whether or not you know like if, if heroes existed in the real world and it was more of a it was almost like it was astro city where you know you just you hey there's samaritan or, or people just interacting with with normal folk um but no they 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 made an event out of this and it's and that's fitting with with donnie's style of writing and and the characters the stories he's told in the past it's it's not it's not a 
whole lot, I would say, is is um, subtle when it comes to the stories Donnie's telling. It's it's um, they're going to they're going to be loud. They're going to have larger than life characters, um, and and this 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 series starts off with a bang. So it's it's really um, it's a really solid first issue. I'm really happy with it. Here, here. Oh, Vince is still searching for images. No, I mean, what do you? <laughs> you just finished. <laughs> I'm not going to read it until it's done. Ah, I can respect that. Can respect yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Looks great, though. Wonderful visuals. Yeah, yeah. Um, the religious angle infuriates me, but but it's meant to though. I, I mean, know. like it's not. It's I not told enough. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I think I need to go back and watch Red State again, Kevin Smith's joint. Why? Because I remember really enjoying it when it came out because it was so shockingly surprising that Kevin Smith could make a movie like that. Right. And now with where we are today, I think it would be like top five horror movies of all time. <laughs> okay. Right? Because it's, so, it's a lot more real than it seemed when I first watched it. Yeah, I, I, I need to shun the real. The real is is no, too much. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit the, re- the real makes me want to get the kill dozer out and just go running people <laughs> over. So yeah, quick, 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 quick shout out. I'm not going to give a review it. I just want to say I because it's kind of book where if I don't mention it now, I probably never will. But uh, I happen to read the first three issues of, uh, of 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 former guest of the show Kelly Thompson and Elena Casagrande's Black Widow. And uh, you know, Black Widow is one of those characters where Marvel every year or two puts out a new series, and admittedly. They put out a new series every year or two because it doesn't sell well enough to keep it going. Um, and I suspect that the book was tied initially to be launched when the movie came out, so it would have a, a big push. And, and obviously with COVID, that didn't happen. But but um, but first of all, I just want to say it's 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 great. It's one of those B or C list books at Marvel or DC where you you, you may need a push, whether it's worth your time. And uh, and by all means, you can you know, if you're a Marvel comics or a comicsology unlimited subscriber just wait for it to come out there if you if you don't feel like putting down the shekels but definitely one of those things just file away as something to read it, it it's a lot of fun elena casagrande has never looked better and i've always been a fan of her work but i thought that she's just just breathtaking line work in the in these issues and um um it's a it's cool because arcades in it i mean how can you go wrong fucking arcades in it. <laughs> Uh, right. I mean, uh, basically, it's uh, um, Natasha has been uh, brainwashed into thinking she's a stay-at-home mom with a kid, and arcades running the show. It's it's uh, it's wacky. I'm not even sure where we're going with the X. We're only halfway through the arc, but I thought it was great, action-packed. Casa Grande does a great job. Um, all the usual suspects are in the book. You got Hawkeye. You got you got uh, you got Elena. Aka the, the the other Black Widow, um, Red Guardians in it, Arcade Viper. Um, yeah, it's it's dope. It's I, I like it a lot. It looks great. Is the new Taskmaster in it? No, Taskmaster's not at least not yet. And and I haven't uh, Taskmaster number one came out. I haven't read it yet though. That's the next the next thing I'm going to read actually. Who does he have the new look? No, no, no. It's the it's ah. it be the new fucking look. <laughs> the covers the old look. Oh, hold on, I'm going to go check. Hold on. Oh, I'm gonna be so disappointed if it's the new look. Damn, I'm gonna be salty, Damn, I'm be salty I'm now. I don't think it is. Oh shit! Is. I hope not. I'm just fucking with you. No, you might, but yeah, it could be tie into the movie. I didn't think about that. 
She. He could have the Killmonger not. tattoos now. Yeah. Oh damn! I hope it isn't. Hold on. <laughs> Someone else tar- carry on. So what is Taskmaster in? He's in Black Widow. He's the villain in Black Widow. Oh, the, movie, the, looking, film, the film. Wearing a funky looking uh, metal sucker helmet and shit. Yeah, well, you know how they do. They they, uh-huh. they they fucks with the villains in these movies. I don't know why. Like Cross. Red Guardian's in it too. Yeah, with the gut. With the uh, yeah, homeboy from um, Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah, David yeah. Arbor. Yep, Hellboy. Yes. Oh well, I don't know if he really wants to be known for that, but yeah. Oof. <laughs> Such a mess. Oh my god, that was a colossal mess of a movie. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, uh, you could tell the big the big Hellboy fans when they're just like, oh, yeah, it, it wasn't great, but, I, you know, I, I didn't hate it. Seriously? <laughs> the, the movie's a travesty on, like, all levels. It's really bad. Yeah. Dude, here's how you know it's bad. I have an 11-year-old son, and he was like, what? And he was like, I don't, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, I know, buddy. I know. Yeah. It really doesn't. Welcome to Hollywood. It's the so way bad. things are done. But if anything, maybe it was good because in its own way, it makes the uh, the Ron Perlman movies seem that much better. Yeah, it's true. Well, they're not. Uh, the, the the Perlman movies um, aren't bad per se. I mean, I, I you no, know, that's I, a, but I mean, but they. I don't think they were beloved. No, now, especially the second one. But the first but one I, was. Yeah, but I think, but but now that you've seen what's to come, it's like, right. oh, can we get some more of the Perlman ones? Or? <laughs> yeah, where's that one at? Yeah. Well, at least the director was uh, capable with the Perlman. Yeah. Yes, yes, so, yes. That's yes. facts, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this is my In Your Travels. Oh. Jeez, okay. Well, I mean, we don't have to, but I don't know how much how, how much you want to speak on this. But um, is it what the omnibus? Oh, yeah, I, I finished my first. Well, I'm I'm 50 pages away from finishing my first omnibus. I have never finished an omnibus. Wow, That's it just it just it just happens. I'll, yep. I, you know, you get maybe halfway into it. And it's like, oh, damn, I have to read this other thing or look at this shiny. And you get distracted and, and pulled away from it. But I'm almost done. I'm almost finished. And, and it feels good to finish an omnibus. Um, it's uh, the uh, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, Batman Volume 1, which I did not read to its uh, conclusion back in the day. I just read up to the labyrinth which is court of owls yeah and i enjoyed that i thought court of owls was very well done but unlike the uh the sam keith scratch this is a very believable batman to me um i think schneider's got the voice down uh partly because he created a lot of it um himself (laughs) but uh i think for me the high point so far is zero year uh, specifically Secret City, the whole Red Hood gang arc. I thought that was brilliant because it not only sets up Batman's first year, it sets up Batman's arch enemy. Right? Who hush? No, the Joker. <laughs> um, but the 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 surprising thing is there's a lot of Riddler in this in this uh, yeah. series. A ton of Riddler. Yeah, yeah. And, 
and I, I mean, Riddler's definitely between, and then Tom obviously is the Riddler in the in the Joker Riddler war, and yeah, Riddler's been heavily featured over the last decade. But if you look at the genesis of the rogues, the the Batman rogues, I think uh, the way Schneider delineated it, I think Penguin came first. Because Penguin is an established mob boss in Gotham year year zero. Um, Nygma is working for Kane uh, and he's out of his mind. Right, so the, the I mean the Joker's tooling around his Red Hood one, and he's just yeah he's a mob boss, but he's not the Joker yet. So I think Penguin is as far as experience and and reach. I think Penguin is the head honcho in the the Batman universe, according to Snyder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, I think well it could be Capullo mesmerizing me because i i adore his spawn work but i think this batman stuff is even better than his spawn work like it's oh dude i mean it's insane uh, the cover to batman the the first issue of their run a guy paid 50 g's cash for it dude and and i know i mean we live in a world now where stuff goes for like a million dollars but not stuff that's brand new i mean that was a right. at the time was a jaw dropping price i mean capullo is absolutely stacking up when it comes to selling that art well and and rightly so you know and who would have thought that capullo getting pulled out of the shadows because he had really done very much before i mean at least high profile stuff before schneider said hey you want to team up yeah spawn which was one of my all time favorite works um, he was the household name for me, but to go on Batman, which led to the new stuff, it's like it's crazy how good his art is in Batman, and it's yeah. not no, it it's not all chains and capes and you know the 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 hamburger head spawn the stuff you would expect Capullo to do. There's a lot of low key stuff in um his batman run a lot of very personal moments where they're just talking heads and he does it so freaking well that's uh the the thing that really surprised me was in the um the secret city arc the way that snyder had red hood one shoot bruce through the painting or the picture of his parents like who would have thought of that he's holding up the painting right as a shield between him and uh, Bruce and, and Red Hood who has gun and he shoots him through the the picture and a bullet goes through his father and strikes him and a bullet goes through his mother and like that's just fucking brilliant that's insanely deviously clever to me did you see that as as being such when you first read it it's been a long time i can't say whether i don't it doesn't i mean it's I nuts know. i think yeah. it's just it's it's that maniacal attention to detail and concept that few guys have mm-hmm. and you know whatever say what you will about the dude he's got a handle on bruce wayne no one can deny that yeah yeah so i know i i i think the Raphael Al- albuquerque stuff is amazing um and i don't know were they backups back in the the uh the new 52 because i'm looking at the the contents page and there's nothing other than a, a couple of annuals um it's all batman so i'm thinking these things must have been backup stories 
in in the the Snyder I think Capullo. They run. were, yeah. I yeah. Don't, again, I don't remember. It's been a while. Uh, I love Harper Row. Whatever happened to her? Did she just yeah, go away? Wrong person, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the Batman. That I think I, she's a great character, and the the yeah. way she she tends to her younger brother is awesome. I just, these are just great characters. But um, like I said, there's there's murky areas in here. Like there's a two part um, story where uh featuring Clayface and in it if Clayface touches you he can basically replicate you down to the DNA yeah and i think that's awesome but then Clayface later is in detective as a good guy <clears throat> so yeah. i don't know yeah. what happened between Clayface being this uber bad dude that just has to touch you cuz he goes on a, a on a, a rampage as Bruce Wayne and to, for all intents it's Bruce Wayne, down to the DNA, right? And Gordon's mm-hmm. like, holy shit, but it's not. It's Clayface. So um, I need to fill in that blank where, you know, bad Clayface, how does he turn into the, the detective team Clayface where he's, you know, on the side of the angels? I don't know, but it's pretty cool. And, like, the book assumes that you were steeped in the Batman books because Damien dies, between two issues and spoilers no it's not explained one issue um you know batman and damien are doing something and it's all you know uh it it happens at the end of a storyline and the whole bat team is burned out when the joker did the 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 thing with the court of the king and he had all the 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 facial feet all the, the the bat family with the bandages around their head thinking that he uh removed their faces as he did his own, right? Um, so all the Bat team's all frazzled, and and it shows Damien, you know, just exhausted, and he doesn't want to work out. And then the next issue, Bruce is like, oh, weepy, because Damien died. So, you know, where did Damien die and how? Like, I don't know. So you just take it for as you know for granted that, okay, Damien died. So let's see what happens. Because he, he recorded their last mission or something, or most of their missions, and Bruce keeps playing it over on these little VR headsets to relive it, and Alfred's like, what are you doing? You're killing yourself. But the actual details of how Damien died, I had no idea. I didn't know he did. What? I don't even know how he came back. Did they dip him in a Lazarus pit? I don't know. But it doesn't really matter, right? Because everybody dies sooner or later in these things. Long story short, I think it, it's it's wonderful, and uh, I'm I guess I'm just gonna f- I, I have the rest in single volume hardcover, so I'm just gonna mm. read, read right to the end. Make it happen. I think there was a, a volume two, right, of the omnibus. Don't know. Don't know. Yeah. So whatever. I I mean I have the first six issues in single form, so I think the first issue goes for decent money. All right. Yeah. So we'll see if I ever need to, you know, buy another guitar. I'll sell that. (laughs) (laughs) Or some vinyl. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Good stuff. It takes a good writer to get me to care about Batman. Frank is one, right? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I think we'd all agree with that. So there you go. In your travels, read. The frickin' Batman omnibus, because it's good. <laughs> the frickin', the frickin', the frickin'. Uh, let's see. In your travels. Um, 
this is the first issue of a six-issue miniseries from Boom Studios. Uh, script by Clay McLeod Chapman. Art by Jacob Rebelka. Created by Lee Krieger, Joseph Oxford, and Arash Owl. It is Origins. And it looks absolutely amazing. Um, it is one of the prettiest books um, I've seen. And the the art style reminds me of um uh shoot um teddy christensen um i was getting those those grendel tale vibes um but the coloring is gorgeous and it's it's yeah it's it's a uh it's set in a future um it's a uh it's not exactly a future that um i kind of hate to live through the events that led to um this future but basically uh the civilization is 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 kind of gone uh, a few people here and there but um this this first issue kind of just sets up um the story as far as introducing a couple of characters, um, one of which kind of comes to life thanks to a 3D printer. Um, but yeah, they uh, they live in um, Museum of Natural History. Uh, it's um, there are um, there's there are characters who are trying to move forward to 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 um basically um they're the mother figure is is trying to keep them safe uh until the time comes when um action is needed and uh david the the child is um is older now and has decided that uh he is um he's going to going to deal with the network that, that that's in place it's it's i'm 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 being intentionally vague because i kind of want other people to um dive in and and experience this first issue um it's i was intrigued with the solicits i i, I like the way it looked when i was looking through previews um and it's it ends the first issue ends where um well yeah there 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 are questions and uh you'll get answers but um they're not necessarily giving you everything you're not really go i don't think you can read this first issue and assume you know where the story's going or or you could kind of just figure out um where where we're going to end up um I'm not getting that sense at all. And, uh, I, I, um, I really do like the environment these characters are in. And again, it, it's, it's a beautiful looking book. The colors are fantastic. Um, I, I really didn't know, um, didn't know where we were going to end with this first issue. So I wasn't sure, um, 
how I'd feel at the end of it. But uh, this is another one of those things where I got to the end of the issue and and I want I want more now. I want to know um, where we're going. And and colors are by um, Patricio uh, Del Pecci, and 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 so so credit there as well. Um, yeah, I really really liked it uh, more than I thought I would. I, I I gave it a shot because it looked interesting. But yeah, I, I really. Um, as, as close to being blown away by it, I think. So, in your travels, Origins by Boom Studios. Nice. Um, I guess we're gonna have a little Batman in your travels bookends here. Vince. Oh, nice. Yeah, because uh, in your travels, I, um, I, I want to mention Batman: Curse of the White Knight, um, which was an eight-issue miniseries. I, I. I mentioned the first issue of the new Harley Quinn book, which is effectively the third series in this Sean Murphy Elseworlds verse. And, uh, and Batman curse of the white Knight was, um, as most of you know, the, the, the second, um, arc of the series, a issue mini series, um, written and drawn by Sean Murphy and, uh, with colors by Matt Hollingsworth, uh, I really enjoyed the the first series. I, I'm not sure if you guys even ever read it or finished it. I don't remember you being particularly bullying about it either way. So I don't think you read this either. But um, but I, I'm down for it. You know, we we just recently did an episode on Elseworlds. Like I'm I'm not beholden to the Batman mythos very much, so I'm cool with alternative versions. Without I, I don't bring much baggage to that um, either way. And I love Murphy's art. Um, you know, again, putting aside what you may think of him as a personality online or what have you, dude can draw his ass off. I really do think he's a phenomenal artist. And um, this takes place shortly after the first series. And, and um, basically, for those that don't remember the first series, J- Joker is is a man named Jack Napier. Yes, the same name from the from the from the Tim Burton film. Um, and Jack is basically a split personality. He he he. Takes medicine to become sane again and uh, becomes somewhat of the White Knight of Gotham and uh, and actually uses that to shine a mirror on how destructive Batman is to to the city um, and that all plays out in the first in the first series and and now in this series this if it takes place where where now unfortunately Napier has succumbed to being the Joker again and um, Batman is dealing with that but then subs- subsequent to that uh, we get a new character enters the mix uh, by the name of Jean-Paul Valley. Yes. All you Asbat fans, this is Sean Murphy's take on Azrael. Um, and it's a pretty cool take because Azrael is basically Jean-Paul Valley in this is a, uh, a war veteran who has PTSD and he is dying. He has cancer and he is uh, effectively very vulnerable as a result of all this. And he is enticed to become effectively the leader or at least the field general of this religious cult. Um, but there's more to it than that. There, there's there's a, a big reveal uh, as it relates to Jean-Paul Valley and his family's history and his lineage relative to the Waynes and, and who has the, the, the rightful um, – the rightful um, – hold on Gotham city. Let's say uh, I'm trying to be vague, but, but uh, I think it all culminates in, in a, in a, in a very cool jaw dropping. I didn't see that coming reveal. Um, and then from there, um, Bruce deals with, with Valley in a way that the Batman of the main DC universe would never. 
and uh, and then unmasks and lets the world know that he's he's the Joker, uh, he's the Joker, that he's Bruce Wayne, and uh, and he's not just unmasking for the sake of that, but he 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 has come to terms with the fact that the Batman has become much more than he ever intended, and uh, and for the for the worse, it's it's actually doing damage to to the te- to Gotham now, and so he disavows himself of being Batman and and dissolves or pr- pledges to dissolve all of his 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 billions upon billions of, of wealth to donate to this uh, charitable organization that's been started to rebuild Gotham um, after these, these crime wars. Um, and, and, and it ends with, with Bruce in jail. Um, and, and I, I know that sounds like why you're spoiling the book, but I, I mentioned in, when I was reviewing the first issue of the Harley book that she's visiting Bruce in jail. And I said, how, well, I guess that must've happened in the, in the, in the last arc somewhere. So, um, so I'd already spoiled it. So I guess that's why I didn't, didn't mind spoiling it here. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was great. It was I read it in in the collected form in, in one sitting. Um, looks great. I think uh, this may be this may be blasphemy to some of you '90s kids, but I thought Sean's take on Azrael was infinitely more nuanced and interesting than than the Azbats of uh, of, of of the main DC universe fame. Um, yeah, it definitely worked for me. And uh, yeah, I just I just think it's a nice little pocket universe where he gets to do his own thing and i think he's done a great job with it and i highly recommend it it's a beautiful hardcover version that you can get on the cheapness at in stock trades and uh yeah so batman curse of the white knight sean murphy i haven't read any of them yet yeah i know you might you might not like them like them i don't know i mean they they look great they look amazing yeah yeah, it's kind of hard to to go wrong with uh the azrael costume i mean it's just it's visually very commanding so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, I, it, I'm waiting maybe for them to do a three and one somewhere down the line. Yeah, they probably. I mean, I all along he said he had three volumes in mind. Now, as we talked about with the first issue in this last one, he's not. He's 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 co-writing it with his wife, which I didn't realize it was his wife until that pointed it out. And it's being drawn by Mateo Scalera. So right. I don't know. I don't know if if this is the. I know it was discussed when he announced he was going to do a follow-up after the success of the first volume. He said he had three volumes in mind. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is definitely the last volume or if, in fact, because they continue to sell well, he's just going to keep doing them as they let him. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a good bet, like you're alluding to, that that we'll get all of this in, in some collected edition at some point down the road. Right. And the only reason why I'm waiting is because I didn't order them when they were originally solicited. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't say, mm, yeah, I'm wait for the collected edition of these things. I had no idea that they ever would be each series collected into one, or if they ever will be, who knows? But uh, right, yeah, they right. they look really cool, really, mm-hmm. really neat. Yeah, for sure. Well, there you go. Uh, we did a little bit bass awkward, but that's okay. Do yourself a massive favor. If you would like to save money on comics, and really, who doesn't, go to Discount Comic Book Service. DCB Service will get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your damn door. Write these down from Ahoy, The Wrong Earth, Night and Day, another miniseries, this time featuring the original creative team, um, Eigel and Castro. Come on, order this. Three ninety nine cover price, your price two dollars and nineteen cents. Zach Crusay and the mysterious traveler Steve Ditko in the search for a new liberal identity with a free signed book plate only from Discount Comic Book Service. 
Uh, $30 cover price, $21, your price. That's 30% off. And last but certainly not least, Brandon Graham, Image Comics, new miniseries, Rain Like Hammers, $4.99 cover, ha ha ha, your price, $2.49, dcbservice.com. Go there. See, like the rhythm and the cadence is all off now. Because I got nothing to say. Mm-hmm. It's note to self. Don't switch it up and do it backwards. Mm-hmm. It's, it's anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Well, and then there's noises. No, stop. <laughs> you scolding me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, we're, wow, we're only at the 12th. So we got a long time before the book of the month. We may even have time for some extra episodes between now and then. Yeah, we may. Yeah, it's a good idea. I mean, mm-hmm. today's the twelfth. Um, yeah, there are. There's only. Well, wait a second. Uh, we're not that far from the book of the month. No, the we're not. Book of the, the month 26th. would actually be, be the twenty sixth. Is, is Thanksgiving day? So yeah, so we're not. You people on your freaking holidays. Eh. You're going yeah. away, aren't you? So, yeah, I'll be in Florida. When are you coming back? Uh, the 29th. Yeah, so that Sunday night might not work. And we could do it. Maybe do it Monday the 30th for the book of the month. But I mean, yeah, we have. Oh, yeah, we but, could do that. Yeah, I mean, I'll be home. I think um, uh, my lovely wife is staying in Florida to take care of some business with, with about her mom's estate uh, a couple of days after. But I'm, I'm coming home with the boys so they can go back to school. So, yeah, I could probably do them the Monday. Well, you got time to figure that out. Yep. But rest assured, we will have extra content for you thanks to the patrons, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. They rise us, they raise us up every month, and y'all benefit from their generosity. So uh, if you want to check out what that whole thing's about, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. In the meantime, go uh, eat something good, hug your family, wear a mask, be safe, and yeah, and say goodnight. Yeah, nothing musical at all. <clears throat> nah, David. Oh damn! Right? Needs to, needs to be bed. music. Good night. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good lord. I don't know. I think you're a little off on this one, buddy. Yeah, I think you're a little laggy. No. Yeah. Well, that was See, the fact that he's so damn confident, you know he's timing it. Yep. Yep. Because I'd be like, oh, maybe I'll have to review the footage and maybe decide for myself. (laughs) No. He's, he's, he is rock solid confident. No, I am not, because my space age chronometer, mana mana, tells me that I'm right on the ball. That's it for that one.